Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. And it is getting very, very close to the final series. Another round down, two rounds remain, and as usual, there is no lack of controversy and drama this week, Boxer. There's a fair bit going on, my friend. There is a fair bit going on, so as usual. I said it a lot this year, but there's so much probably within each team and what's going on that the set of six will sort of just find its way into the games when we talk about those teams, because there is so much doing, but... Start off, big thank you, bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, do it with a true blue bookie. Download the app today or visit the website. They support us and our charity account, and we're back on the winnings list. Had Jerome Hughes. Thank you, Ellie Katoa, for murdering Ben Hunt. So he could pick that ball up and run away for a gift. He had a very, very good game up to that point, but some money in the kitty, and we're up to 1148 bucks. So, you are. Yeah, hopefully drag a few more, like we said, after a bit of a cold streak. And uh, add to that, so thank you, Bluebet. Um, I guess besides that sort of things, a lot happened on the weekend. Don't even know where to start. I had a fair bit there, uh, but I think just for a bit of a point to start off with, um, thoughts and prayers with, with Kyle Turner's family. That was crazy news last week to think he's gone so young at only 31. A bloke that was probably a little bit unsung during that run, but was a very, very valuable player and asset for that team. He played middle, he played back row, he even played at the centres at times. He ended yeah, up very versatile, very that, underrated. That neck injury, um, which obviously probably curtailed how many games he would have got to play, but 91 games for South. He played for the Indigenous All Stars. He played for Country once as well. Uh, 91 games at first grade, but clean it, skin as well. Yeah, and a real good role model. It's it's never the sort of news you want to hear. So. On um, that sort of things, um, you know, to the South players, friends and family, everyone uh, around Kyle Turner. Uh, it's that's not the sort of thing you, you obviously want to be hearing only at the age of thirty-one, going way too young. But I guess other news, we're best off just jumping straight into the games. I think and tackling as we go. But before that, we'll do the power rankings. Thanks to Penrith Solar Center. There is no one better to helping you get quality solar solutions for you and your family. Get in contact today. That's your best bet with Jake and the crew there. Penrosola.com.au or 1800 20 Help you, your family, and your back pocket. Number one, don't think it's any surprise again. Still the Panthers. Yep. Broncos at two. Yep. Warriors at three. Yep. Yep. It's getting a bit predictable, the old... Storm, I've got at four now. Yeah, me too. Sort of pushed up. I've got the Knights at five. I got the Sharks still at five. Seven in a row. Well, I've had the Sharks out, but after a couple of wins, they're back in for me at six. Uh, yeah, I'll put the Knights at six. Yeah, uh, I've bumped the Chooks to seventh. I still got the Rabbitohs there. I don't. I've got the Raiders at eighth, barely. Uh, and I've got the Raiders at eighth. 
I've got South out at the moment because I think with what happened on the weekend, which we'll get to, the suspension and now needing to win that last game, they've sort of, for lack of a better word, ruined the Roosters' seasons the last few years. I think even if the Roosters mathematically don't know whether they'll be in or out with their for and against, would love nothing more. Well, I noticed they went from 750 overnight in the Premiership market out to 36 to 1 today. Yep. And like I said, you think the last few years, what the Roosters have sort of copped last round in the first week of the finals, if you don't think from that perspective that they would not be rubbing their hands together at the thought of ruining South Seas in the last round. I don't even think it's about that. It's just oh. get yourself into a semi-final because that's going to be a semi-final before the finals. Exactly. But <clears> I'm <throat> saying they don't know if... They should be... Yeah, they should just worry about themselves. Right? They still won't know whether that gets them in, but they regardless <clears throat> would want to win that game. <clears throat> Definitely. So the way this is all set up yeah. now, um, I've got them there. So South's on the out, and I've got the Cowboys on the outside now. <clears throat> Just another performance where things sort of fell flat. So after sort of lifting and finding a bit of energy during that origin period and getting a couple of blokes black and six in a row, it's just sort of hit the skids mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, and there's reasons for that, which we'll get to when we talk about the games. But all those other sort of talking points, like we'll several roll in. A couple of bits of signing news just before we get going as well. Your thoughts on the Tigers move Caesar for one year and Bud Sullivan got four years. Four years is too many for Bud exactly. Sullivan. Exactly. That's what I thought. But <clears throat> it's the Tigers. They it's, have to pay overs. Yeah, they, they need to hit one. That, the, the issue is no one's going to talk about the length of the contract if they if, if he, he plays, plays well. well. So Everyone's going to go, that's a great deal. I heard a lot of if people, he doesn't play well, it's a bad deal. It's as simple as that. People complain about the Caesar one. I'm like, <laughs> one year is nothing. One year is a... Renting an experienced half to plug in for your two kids. So the fact there was so much noise around that deal, I'm like, well, what else are yeah. they going to do? They've got nothing else they really can do unless they do what we said at the start of the year, which is a 12 month sort of deal for another veteran. If you're taking in a Kloon or a Frawley or someone that you want just to plug in for 12 months before you can hopefully get a Sullivan and a Fainu up and running. Yeah, but look, a lot of people are making comment about Fainu. They haven't seen him play. No. You know, they only see the odd game that we've been on Foxtel, and to be fair, most of our games on Foxtel were early. He wasn't playing, so not a lot of people have actually seen him play. I'm in the position where I've coached him for yeah. the last three or four months. I'm telling you, the kid can play. Yeah, my biggest question uh, is look, that... He, he did an NRL preseason this year. He'll go there and do another one next year. Yeah, He's going to get some time in first grade next year, undoubtedly. It's just whether they can... Develop him is the biggest question. Yeah, not so much develop him, but can they adapt their style to the way that he likes to play? Because hmm. we certainly have to do it. You know, when we've got Jake Arthur playing there, we play a different style to when we've got Cooper Johns there and we play a different style when we've got Latu Fania there or Jamie Humphreys there or whoever it is. You need to adapt to that. How would you describe Latu? Probably for a lot of people that He's an on the ball he's an on the ball running half. Yeah. He's not a genuine first receiver. So he's more a five eight. Um and his play and his positive play comes out of his running. Uh look, we've been encouraging him to take short sides and to try and simplify his game. And he's been doing a fantastic job. I think the game that most people probably saw was when he paired up with Brad Abbey in the halves at North Sydney Oval and we knocked off Norse. Mm. Go and have a look at that game and and tell me that there's not a lot of promise in the kid. And that was it's an only his third or fourth New South Wales Cup game. He's played you yeah. know, a couple of months on top of that. He's now played in a team. You know, We went over to New Zealand undermanned on the weekend and won convincingly. He travelled down to Canberra in a team again that was undermanned that won convincingly. Well, not convincingly, but one. Yeah, one. But 18 years old, still eligible to play flag yeah, next I, year, look, cut two years after. Like, there's time. And the thing is, everyone's talking about, oh, you know, it's a big gamble to take on a half. Well, okay, okay, find me a better solution. Mm. Well, there is no halves. For the Tigers, mm. who, who are really struggling to attract anyone, 
he's one of the best young halves in the game. So, yeah, like, if, to be fair, if they were grabbing him from Penrith, I think everyone would be applauding it. The fact that he's they're grabbing him from Manly, you know, probably not as much fanfare. Uh, fanfare around it. Yeah, I, look, I, yeah, I'm probably a little bit biased. I, great kid, quiet. Uh, I know the family's had some issues, but Simwella and um, Lato have been perfect. Mm. Humble, quiet. You know, we just, I've just, we outlined that we, you know, we went to Canberra. That was an overnight trip. Went to Auckland, two night trip. You know, the the guys in the team room on the weekend who were cleaning up, cleaning up plates, helping the staff were the two Fania boys. Mm. So I can only tell you what I see from the inner sanctum, and they've actually shocked me with how good of humans they are. And that that's not. Not anything to do with the history or, no. or any of that. Um, they've yeah really shocked me in a positive way. Yeah, in the, you know how humble and how um, how well that they've even since signing at the West Tigers, you would never know that they've they've signed somewhere else. Yeah, doing what they're supposed to do. Doing what they're supposed to do. Up and down, whatever's going on, they're just doing on the and job. off the field. Sam Weller played with a busted arm on the weekend. Uh, you know, Latu's been <clears throat> thrown around because. Uh, you know, when we get the experienced halves back from NRL, obviously he be, he bumps back to flag. So he's he's going from flag to, you know, NRL training to cup training to flag training and yeah. handles it all on his ear. It's yeah. yeah, it's been pretty impressive. And well, again, like we said, for them, mm. they're taking the package of the two young guys with massive upside, both junior apps, and the money side and the years. Like we said, concern or not, that's the Tiger situation, whether you like it or not. At this well, point, that, that's what I keep saying. What do you want? Tigers. What do you want them to do? So they're trying to... For everyone that says, oh, yeah, you know, they should be going for someone else. Who? Yeah. Who's on the market? I like I like Caesar. I like Caesar when he was in the NRL. Yeah. The he biggest... probably hasn't been great in the... Uh, he hasn't been great in the Super League. He's well, been okay. Let's face it for what it is. It's a one-year rental. They're mm. not breaking the bank. They're not doing anything special. He wants to come back. They've brought him back. It's a one-year rental. It's that plain and simple. That's right. It's not a big deal. Um, the Solomon thing, like you, the four years bothers me. But at the same time, what is there is very, very good. The question mark is, again, consistent hamstring problems, in and out of first grade, same sort of issues when he's in and out, lots of ability. It's just a question, again, how he develops, how he goes from here and where his head's at. Yeah. And can they get the best out of him? If they can get the best out of him next year alongside Caesar, get Latu up to scratch and they sort of play as a running duo with Buller and Arpi moving forward with the good forward pack, yeah. that'd be an extremely dangerous spine. Absolutely. But the question mark there and the big things, what we said, is potential of where it can get to. Yep. But that's where the Tigers are at. They have to take a bit of a risk, uh, maybe on the extra year, like I said, or a little bit of scratch. But at the same time, I'd probably prefer that than paying mass overs for a lot of guys that aren't worth money rather than taking a bit of a gamble on a couple of kids. Yeah. So uh, time will only tell. Other one, Pungai Jr., like we said last week, that retirement rumours or everything that was coming out there has definitely been confirmed now. Interesting conversation today where he basically said that he never really wanted to play rugby league. He felt that he was basically forced by his parents and told parents out there to let their kids, you know, do what they're interested in or go that way. Sure. Wants to move back to Queensland, wants to go back to his own boxing gym, this, that, and the other. Uh, but there was also words in there that made me think, you know, for now, like, this is sort of what he wants to do. So it really wouldn't surprise me if... He gets 12 months down the track, 18 months down the track, and ends up with Wayne Bennett or something again. But Maybe. See what happens there. James Tarmow, they said last week he was in the 22, immediate retirement. What a career he's had. Belter. Absolute yeah. cracking career. 300-plus games. He was awesome in that 2015 grand final. Undersung. I thought he was close to the Clive Churchill. Him and Tarmalolo, <clears throat> huge games. 
um, for the Cowboys. But Penrith, I know the Tigers stint wasn't the greatest, but he held his head high, set standards while he was there, led from the front. Um, it's been a massive effort from him. And the last two sort of bits, Raiders, Starling, two years up until 2025, and Simi Sasagi from Newcastle going there on a two-year deal as well. And before we went off last week, I didn't see it because I looked at all my stuff earlier. The Haas deal was announced just after I stopped looking. So it's funny how that worked out. They couldn't get a deal done, couldn't get a deal done. Tino deal comes out, hits the money basically on the head the same as the Tino deal, but only takes three years because, again, he wants to get back to market. Yeah. And that'll be near the end of a TV deal. Still young enough for rugby and any other possibility under the sun. So I think it's good on both sides. Agree. A market yeah. standard was set. He doesn't want 10 years or to get himself locked in. He's paid at similar dollar where he now goes, well, there's your benchmark. If they're willing to give him that, well, guess what I want? I want the same. Yeah. They've paid that money. They're happy with it. He's happy with it. And it's, like I said, not a lifetime contract, but it puts him in a position again that he's comfortable in a few years' time that he can get back to market. And by that point, they might have Ben Takura and a couple other kids they've got there, Walsh, man, all the guys we've talked about money-wise, and next time say, well, no, we're not paying you. You just don't know. But I sort of think the result now is good. It's all gone. There's been talk the last couple of years. A lot of it, similar to him with the Suoletti thing I bring up, a lot of people hammer those too. You don't hear much from them. And a big part of this, a lot of people don't understand, some of this is more family, manager, and like surrounding driven. Yeah. I actually give credit to kids like that. They can just keep things insular and keep working every single week and cop all this shit and play well. Because a lot of it, as much as you want to hate on that individual, is driven by people around them that are managing their affairs. And you say, well, you pick, the, yeah, you pick a manager, but in terms of family and other people that are involved, like when it comes to that side of things, so there's a lot of pressure on some of these guys. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, Unduly, they get a lot of heat from things they aren't even do they're doing. They're just playing the footy. Mm. So I'm not saying they're completely without account, but they are kids. So different situations for different people in that regard. But yeah, that's some signing news. Jumping into those reviews brought to you by Sinclair Hyundai Penrith. Toby in the team there. Corner of York Road and Batch Street. SinclairHyundai.com.au 47600603. Get yourself into a Tucson, a Veloster, a Santa Fe, a Kona. There's a bunch of new shapes and designs out there. Go test drive one with Toby and the crew there. Uh, Cowboys, Sharks, 32-12. to 12. <clears throat> This one, uh, disappointing how it sort of panned out that middle period, but it was a tussle to start with. Thought the Cowboys were well and true in it. Milestone game for Tamalolo. I actually forgot whether it was his 200th or his 250th. Surely it's his 250th. He's been playing forever. <laughs> he debuted when he was 16. Yeah. He's four years younger than me, so he's still only 28, 29. Um, I think it was his 250th. I love the fact he came up with his Labrador. Someone said the other day, how well mentor was it? And he sat down. I was like, well, if Jason Tomalolo told me to sit down, I'd sit down too. True. That yeah. was where I'd be down. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, this was well on the balance. They had a bit of a back and forth and took some shots at each other. But the real big thing that killed me, and I messaged you about it, the middle construction at the back end of the half. He's had his gun starters, McLean, Tomalolo, Robson, Cotter, all on together, which is your best middle but then rolled all of them off basically at the same time and had Granville out there in the middle with Neem and Hess. And Hess at times can still get lost in the middle as much as it should be an easy job. But when you've got Granville posted up there with him as the first contact point and they just hit him, that generally provides you know poor contact, second contact, coming at the legs, people trying to shut things down. Their middle just got destroyed. Hazelton try comes in that period. Hunt try comes in that period. There's a lot of pressure. They get camped in their own end. They sort of just got gassed out. And by the time they addressed it in the back end of the second half, they'd got that early try off the grubber. That that middle construction and the way he used his middles there and without, rather than staggering them or having someone else to hold that middle 
really, really confused me. And I know they love Granville. I'm sure he's awesome. Around the group, I get the versatility of nine. He even plugged in at fullback, which we said he come through as a junior and can do a lot of jobs for him. But I, if you're going to have him out there, you need to have a better middle construction than that. Stagger it. He's a pinball. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind Certainly a few weeks ago. Sight. Definitely. I didn't mind it a few weeks ago when Tamalo was off the bench and everyone's like, why? Like, he was still playing 50, 60 minutes. Yeah. But him coming on with leg speed, starting with a cotter and a Hess, have named Tamalolo, right? Like, you, you can't have the two younger blokes out. I know Hess is considered a veteran by now, but to have two, those two out there and then Robson's already chewed up his minutes as well where he's playing 80. Or you need to look at a better utility. I know they started you with Chester and he wasn't playing. I know Hampton's not exactly a nine, but he plays fullback, center wing, hooker type role, or they go with an extra middle and just have Cotter as their pure nine cover because that's the position he was. Yeah. And carry a cooler Kefu, mix up your rotation with your Luki, maybe Lucci pushes in, cooler Kefu goes to an edge, and you just roll middles, roll Luki, roll Nam, roll Hess. But to carry Granville at this point in time, and every time I see him defend, I just I couldn't have him there. And that was another one again where like those guys around him. You're not making good first contact. You're making second efforts. You're making scramble tackles, and your middle just falls apart. Um, the other one that's probably, I think, a good decision at this point in time, when we sort of talked about it off the air or the other week, I really like the announcement of them getting Viliami Valea. Uh, but I look at Hiku as well. Why Hiku does so many positives with the ball still, with his yardage and his catch pass, and that he's been really bad defensively this year, really bad. So between him and Townsend, like there's a few things there that are sort of really standing out now Yeah, at the back end of the year. Uh, but full credit to the Sharks again. I look at them. The response since the reshuffle, the pressure that's been taken off Nico, which talked about at length last week. Trindle bringing exactly what I said at the staff, a genuine seven. A guy that can actually run the team, take pressure off him. Better, I reckon he's got a better kicking game than him. Definitely had a better one than Moylan. Um, but kicking 40-20s, forcing dropouts, just taking control of it. Nico was freed up to have 20 runs in this game in almost 200 metres. That's what Nico should be doing. I'm not saying he can't play seven, but he shouldn't be having to think constantly about what the team needs done. No, shouldn't. He come from fullback. He's another one of these converted guys, like we said. Playing with a full three backs is interesting. All that attack, all well and good, but getting into a finals game, and we said this last year also, who's kicking? Who's going set for set? Who's coming up, that sort of stuff? Who's taking the pressure off? That's Braden Trindle. Yeah, well, you'd like to think so. Mm. <clears throat> and that's what he's come through doing, and that's what he's been doing for that. He's done a great job so far. Um, Tracy, certainly doing a great job in cup when he was there. Great job previously when he's played in the centres. You could see why the talk during the middle of the year that when Parramatta threw the hand in the ring to try and get somebody else, that they tried to get Tracy out of Cronulla, which is a really good decision now for Cronulla to say no. Absolutely. And they've still got him for another year. Mm. So I'm sure there might be interest, but Cronulla are in a position with him and Dykes like they were with Iro and also Miller who moved on, where when you've got the contracts, you hold the chips. So at least if you want to let someone go, it's got to be in your favour, getting something back or yeah. cap-wise. So for them right now, I don't know how that looks next year. Kennedy's definitely going to be coming back. Do they look at him playing another position? Do they want Talakai to go back into that bench impact type role and movement in the centres? I don't know. But I'm sure there's going to be interest <clears> for Tracy at the end of the year Absolutely. to get out of his contract yeah. early. So... Uh, Probably the other upside for them is their pack. Their pack, to me, really been on the up the last few weeks. Hazleton Hunt's impact off the bench was good. McInnes has just been working himself to a standstill since they lost. Dale Rudolph being good on return. So there was a lot of positives. And after three losses in a row, three wins in a row, and they're back on track. 
So good signs if you if it's given in the Sharks. Massively, yeah, they've turned the corner big time. So this week, perfect timing as well. Off a couple of good wins and beating a few that are around that mix, they're going to play Newcastle or seven to run red hot. Mm. So you're going to get a real good gauge this week of where they're at, which Absolutely. is good. Yeah. So the matchups, like we said, are working out great. Um, yeah, for the Cowboys, they were just gassed in the second half. And defensive effort, the things we talked about last year, just gone. I know Nenai, they said they were going to have to needle and play. He's out again this week. He missed nine tackles. Hess and Neem, like I said, once that middle construction comes, six apiece, Granville five, Robson when that was happening, six. Like, it just fell apart. That, that period, that 20 or so, 25 minutes really, really hurt. And they just couldn't get back into it. Yeah. Um, and did, and obviously come up with the seven tackle, which I... Haven't had many negatives from him, but that was on the flip of that middle construction. Seven tackle set, rolled up field. Hazelman scored, but um, yeah, good to see that the Sharks certainly responded. And for the Cowboys now, it's simple. They have to win the last two. And it comes back to what we said before about Penrith. They're going to probably be looking at Penrith, hoping that they rest some players, and that still might not be enough. But that's their best way. Yeah. Two wins and their four and against gets them in on 13. But still a bit to play out there. Uh, moving on from that one. Warriors, Manly, you were there. How did you find it? The The pre-game stuff looked awesome. It was Old Boys Day. <clears throat> Daniel Anderson Stadium, they had the big uh, I, don't, I don't there. think it was Old Boys Day. It was... Um, Wasn't it? I thought they said Old Boys Day from what I heard on... Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Louis like, Anderson and all those guys, Gub and a lot of ex-players there. But. I think it was um, trying to get a lot of players there <clears throat> um, to honour Daniel Anderson. Mm. So... Look, yeah, it may, it may well have been that. <clears throat> that would make sense. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a weird trip. Like, we had two red eyes and uh, red eye flights two nights over there. Um, the, the place is just rocking at the moment. Like, they they love their footy. What I will say about the crowd, like, um, I heard a lot of particularly Australian commentators sort of getting into New Zealanders about how raucous they are and, you know, the streaking and all that. But, I, like, I found them an intellectual crowd. I found that they were watching the game. They were loud. They loved their team. Mm. Like, I I didn't see anything that I thought, oh, shit, like, this is di- any different to Australia. I was – it was just different. It was just a different feel. They're loud. Um, the New Zealand Warriors organisation put on an unreal spectacle. Like, the fact that the Warriors warm up on the other side – uh, like they actually come out of changes on the other side yeah, of tunnel. the ground, awesome. uh, which was really cool. They they do the lights out stuff, you know, and um, plenty of noise. It was yeah, it was just it was cool. It was cool. It was cool to be over there and experience it. Um, we obviously had a good win, so that made it all all the more a little bit sweeter. Um, yeah, the, I found the New Zealand people beautiful. I, I love my time over there. It was great. So I can't wait to go back again. Um, and yeah, really like now looking at the table, they're the team I'm really pulling for. Like they probably become the team that I, I want to see go as, as far as possible because I've had a little bit to do with Webby and I, it's just good to see, see a guy come in first year and go so well. And I hope they, um, I think now it's going to be difficult for them to finish outside the top four. I think they're locked in. Just in regards to the, to the to the game, like I thought the Warriors started pretty slow, like Manly got the jump, they scored straight away, Manly were causing a lot of issues down uh, Manly's right, the Warriors left, like that left side was a little bit disconnected in regards to their decision making, that's DCE side as well, Saab who's 
ultra quick. Like they exposed them a couple of times there. Um, the try in half time I thought was a potential killer. Like I thought it flicked the finger of Hamole uh, on the way through to Sabre. He picked it up and scored. At the stadium, man, like it felt like they were looking at it for 10 minutes and they didn't actually stop. Like Atkins, it wasn't Atkins, it was Todd Smith, didn't actually refer it to the bunker, but he also wouldn't allow Garrick to kick the ball. Mm. So everyone was like, look, watching the replays on the screen, like it might as well have been reviewed. It was pretty clear that they were looking at it. Yeah. The frustrating part of that is if he then goes timeout, then they go through the whole review process again, which again. is what they're already doing anyway. Yeah, which is what they told us they were going to be doing. We'll look yeah. at straight away and we'll get it was through a, it. It was a weird one. Um, and look, I, I don't have any bias. I, I thought it flicked Hamale's finger. I thought it should have been a no try. I thought it showed clearly the ball flicking the finger, the finger moving. Mm. And then to the incident in the second half, I thought it was ridiculous it wasn't a penalty. I, you can't go through and take someone out and put them in a dangerous position, irrespective of whether it's a technicality in the rule or not. They're competing for the ball. It's no different to a contested ball when you kick it and I go to catch it and someone takes my legs out. Well, I think we know what's going to happen there. They'll definitely review that in the off-season and probably yeah, I think put a caveat To the letter of the ball, they've got it right. That's but correct. But they're going to, it's going to change. When did we ever have a have a rule for a contested ball or for charge down? Like When the ball's on the ground, it's a contested possession. When the ball's in the air, it's a contested possession. When I pass the ball from me to you... The ball's in the air. That's a contested possession. The only... Potentially. The only way it I It doesn't can, excuse dangerous contact or yeah. putting someone in a dangerous position. The I only thing people ridiculous. argue here, though, we've seen in try-scoring situations where someone leaves the ground from this where you're allowed to push them in the air or essentially try to throw them. You are, but you're not allowed yeah. to push them to the point well, where they go, get into a dangerous position. We've seen multiple where blokes end up in dangerous positions to ground the ball, so... Yeah, but a lot, of the, a lot of the way. guys, like even when you look at Dallin, they actually dive and, and put themselves yeah, in dangerous Yeah, I know. But I've seen score. ones where Brett Morris or those have got airborne or gone for something to get a ball first and, you know, they get tipped up or their legs pushed or Nofaluma getting pushed. Like over the years, you could go back and see a few and look at that and go, well, sort of a loophole there. They can't there become to a protected to, so species once in you're a contested in the air, what, you position. Can't touch them at all, so. No, like, but that's, that's ridiculous. You're going too far the other way. It's... Like, you've got a duty of care to not fucking tip him or have him land... Like, guy's got a broken back. Mm. Blokes could have broken necks. Like, I, I think this is what we do. We overreact. Like, it's not an overreaction. It's just... The rule is stupid, but there's 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 mechanisms within the rules for him to, to be able to penalise this. Mm. If you can see it. We don't need to talk reckless. about... This is what we do. You start to talk about all these other things. Talk about the incident at hand. This incident should have been a penalty. Plain as day... Charles Nickel Clockstad knew it, and the referee, for whatever reason, you know, went down the avenue. He went down, and it had an effect on the game. Uh, Seabold's comments after the game that was well, frustration. No offense to him, they've fucking bombed plenty of other games. They didn't cost them their season. Well, again, and that's that's where so I've just said to you, talk about one. the issue at point. Oh, the issue at point. No, no, no. I, I would probably lean the same way with Seabold. Like the issue at point is that you know. Yeah, that that might have cost you that game, that but didn't cost there's you plenty. Season. There's plenty of other games that they. Um, it's very rich. Yeah, you're talking over talking. Just move on. Doesn't matter. Oh, I'm just saying that's yeah. very rich to go. Oh, that cost us. I was getting to that. You had plenty of other games. Just yeah, move on. Um, but overall, I thought it was actually a pretty good game. So to be there live, how'd you find it? Yeah, it was good. I just went through that. Yeah, good contest, good game. Uh, that left side, like you spoke about. Do you think it's more just a lack of trust in Metcalf? Because it seemed like Montoya oh, yeah. would hold, Metcalf would be there, Pompey was the one most of the time that was jumping in. Do you think yeah, they need more reps. <clears throat> they need to get it sorted. But then again, you look at DC, he's a good player, man. 
Oh, I'm not saying very so. good player. Yeah. So that that's certainly part of it. That he's shape got, he's pulls pulls apart defenses every week. Um, yeah, mate. Look, they did the little turn up shape. They did a, did a couple of little things there that on that slide edge. Out, to, is that the one you're talking about? I really like. Yeah, that where one. they sort of did the runaround. It looked like it was Passed just it across, a throw to a lead, and the next minute he's sweeping out the back, and they just got across him. Um, yeah. Good execution, good pass. Saab only needs a meter. Oh, like he's so quick. He's he's actually more powerful than I expected. I know speed is power. But there's times where I don't think in yardage, you know, he carries enough. But there's other times in contact when he's in open field, he just throws people on the ground. Mm. And I think sometimes, you know, sort of picking and choosing at the moments of the physicality. But when he wants to be physical, he can be. I thought yeah. Kawata was very good. I know he had that late error and he was very disappointed, but I thought he had a very good game as well. That's that same edge we're talking about with Metcalf where maybe Pompey got a bit trigger happy a few times just because of the initial contact a lot of the time. He's holding on or maybe getting bumped off and then come back and re-engage. And I think the biggest point of difference when we spoke about there, if you're going to come running in, the only time you're like looking to shut something down or solve it is when you don't have grass behind you, you don't have help. He did it a few times, open field, like midfield or further back, where you've got plenty of time to solve it, get inside help, come in and help out with the contact, follow up on offloads. Like there was a few times it was just unnecessary to disconnect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, high quality finishing by Dallin. He got a hat-trick. After 50 minutes, Saab had one after bloody 35 minutes or so. So it's a pretty good game. Um, like you said, probably two moments you could argue either way. And the big thing at the end, obviously, was what happened with Chans and then Murata just straight up through that space on the inside shoulder. I know he couldn't chase after him, but the inside shoulder missing the lead up to that was pretty poor for him to go straight through. Yeah. Um, the talk now, which has happened, Schuster. Two touches, didn't get tackled the ball. And he played 20-something minutes. Matt only got nine minutes. Didn't really lean on his bench, but that, that probably speaks to where they're at with their season as well in terms of like you guys having a lot of changes, injuries, and a few bodies not available. Certainly running short on some middles. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've been running <clears throat> running short for weeks on middles. In saying that, I thought Toff was really good. Yeah, so I think Toff's been good. And Jake's always yeah. busy, but yeah, DC, Olakawadu. But for the Warriors, it's the same sort of two pillars every week for me. To- Tohu's work goes <laughs> unnoticed, but Adam Fanua Blake, the minutes and the amount of carries he had, is absolutely minutes. Yeah, incredible. If he's not close to the, the best front row in the game. I think he played 72. He only had one spell. Mm. But 20... Watching live, I, th- I didn't yeah, see him, I didn't see him go off either, but I looked at the minutes before. But so he had, a, he had a spell. Like eight minutes. He had 26 yeah. carries. There you go. That's out of control. Watching live, I didn't think he came off the field. Um, and Johnson, as always, just I really like the way they construct things inside 20. When they get a slow the pull, slow play the ball, they're really, really good at running shape inside that 10 or inside that 15 where a lot of teams struggle with depth or getting themselves set up or pulling a play the ball apart. They seem really good at being able to go, okay, we've landed here run a couple of leads, like run a few different shapes and pull pull it apart a little bit and be able to just go straight away next play after that. Like when you talk about sequencing or setting things up, they don't seem to waste one out or get bogged down. They've got a way to sort of get themselves back to a point where they're like, all right, we're going next play here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a good result for them, obviously. Murata and the, the big finish up, 29-22. Have the last few wins been what we expected? I thought they probably would have exploded a little bit when they've gone home. But I think this is probably a positive in the fact we're sitting here not complaining, but a lot of people are going, oh, they should have won by more. In the past, the Warriors just wouldn't have won full stop. They're still winning. Yeah. So it's good that we've got to a point where people, if, you, if you're at that point, that's when you know people are expecting something of you. Yeah. And they've set that bar pretty high now. Um, but overall, 
Top four seems almost a guarantee, so it won't be a home final week one. I don't think they're going to be able to reach one or two. Um, mm. They're still two behind both those teams, plus four and against. But the real upside here is they'll get a crack at one of those teams, and then worst case week two, surely they're at Mount Smart. Yeah. yeah so exactly. if they do fall back, what they've done is put them in a real good position here to still potentially go to a prelim. Yeah. Um, which, given what we said the last few years, has been new coach and where they're at, uh, there's nothing but positives in that situation. I, I honestly think even if they got the back door, I know a lot of people would be disappointed, but no one saw this coming. No way. I know that would be bitterly disappointing, but if for them to finish top four is massive. Huge. And then the, the biggest question will be harnessing this again, keeping everyone on track, bringing back Roger, bringing back Harris DeVita, the, the depth they're going to have in key positions next year, the choices they're going to have to make, like they should be even better again. And that's the big question. Can you do it again? Yeah, Can really everybody be on that page that's again? Right, they should be. Can you push Leia Tower, Sifa Kula, Zion Amaru, Jake and Laban, like get more of those guys on board and things be even better than what they were? Mm. That's where they're going to have to get to next time. But I'm not writing off this year, obviously. But um, yeah, for me and Lee, I think mathematically it, it may have still been alive, but it's certainly not now. Um, and yeah, Paul Rubin Garrick, they're saying that he will be able to play this week if he wants to. Transverse fracture, but six weeks. <laughs> he wants to play. You'd think, like I said, maniac. the way they're at, like, just rest. Let Cool play one. I get it. Two games left. But you're talking about a player who wants yeah, to play. first grader. He's can as mustard. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I, I'd, I'd certainly be leaning your way from coaching yeah. the team. Definitely. But <clears throat> Schuster out. This week, Arthur still in. Interesting, a lot of talk, obviously, around that situation already. I, I can't believe that, the, but again, it's more media spec than anything else, that they're already talking about, oh, they'd get rid of him or something today. If it was buzzing or that, they were saying last night, I only heard it before when I saw a little bit of it, that him to the Dragons would float. That's, that's not happening. Oh, yeah, I've got no like, idea. Really, if you hand someone a, th- a brand three-year deal, which, again, I'd have no idea how they'd bidded themselves in that position because if the only team they were bidding against was the Tigers, they should just let him go. But... That one's really, really crazy how that's worked out. So, see how he goes this weekend. Uh, back in cup. Roosters, Eels, 34-12. The final nail in the coffin for what's been a bit of an up and down year in a mixed bag for Para. But Roosters sort of had some early errors and looked a bit clunky. But once they got going, they looked really good. They did. They're, yeah. The biggest thing here, and this we talked about a lot at the start of the year, for them, it's more the back five for me. When their back five get going, they look awesome. Mm-hmm. Tupo, Suoliti looks like he's just got his head back in footy. Teddy looks happy and confident. Like Joey's moment where he beats three or four, feeds him the footy. Billy Smith, confident in his body. Like when their back five moves, things happen. Take a bit of pressure off their pack, which, you know, hasn't been the greatest this year. And then when Kiri gets time and space and makes decisions, he had a hand in three or four of the trots. Yeah. Um, Hutch has done a really, really good job. I think even Sandy Smith's role, filling in that hooker role, has been really good. <clears throat> yep. Um, but yeah, I thought they just played some good footy. And probably the other one for me, Radley just running the ball. Not passing, not playing as lately, just fucking being a hard yeah. man. Run the footy that's first. That's what they needed to do. Get back to Simple. knocking the front door down and mm. letting the rest take care of itself. And from the backfield, starting mm. that way, yeah, there's been a lot of positives that have come from that. Collins' try saves, it was like he's wearing his origin jersey again. And he was another one of those ones where at times I looked in at the Roosters and thought there's moments in origin that you see from him that maybe you don't get to see when he's wearing a Roosters jersey. Um, but he certainly brought some of those. And I guess the other part is just, yeah, seeing the quality um, of those sort of guys individually. Tupo, just so unsung. 
Teddy, Suolete, even the fifth tackle grab where he's up in the air. Billy Smith, like we just said before. Just, yeah, there's a lot there. And for Parramatta, I guess going the other way when we say now in the coffin, you can point to a lot of things this year. I know a lot of people were like, well, the draw was unfair because they had everyone off the bye for the first few weeks. They had majority of the teams that were considered top eight teams. People were giving it to Maddo for missing four weeks. Campbell Gillard got injured. Brown got suspended. Lane's been in and out for the majority of the year. But I'll, there's been a fair bit that's happened. But at the end of the day, I still thought they had enough quality in their team to fall in the eight. And a bit like the Cowboys, when you start pulling, you've got to make up ground. And then you're hoping that you don't get any injuries or suspensions. Once they had that little mid-season run and the Dylan Brown incident happened, that was pretty much the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. They probably left yeah a couple of games out there, but realistically, when they've played, um, yeah, they played Brisbane a couple of weeks ago. They they walked the floor with them. Yeah, they're just true. not they're not up to the top end um, of the competition, mm. and that comes when you lose quality. And I think Brad Arthur spoke about that today in a press conference about having to let players go. And I guess you got to make decisions around salary and who you think is better and who you think's got more upside. And Their committee thing yeah. needs to go there. Like they muffed even a transfer the other week between the four of them because they're all on a different page. That yeah. needs to be cleaned up. Hmm. Um, but yeah, even the mid, mid-season thing with Gutherson where they're saying that he was all right. Well, it's like, well, that's the point I ran it about two years ago and we sort of spoke about it, that if the bloke wants 900 or a million or whatever it is and you know he's not worth it, don't pay him. Don't do it. Yeah. It's like, oh, we can move him to the centres. And it's like, well, now you've got way too much money in a position that you shouldn't. And they did it almost hanging out there that they'd try and get Jaden Campbell, who was never going to leave. They went for Tracy. Like, that's all well and good. But again, you, then you're just admitting you've made another mistake, really, salary cap was. Yeah. So um, they've got a bit to work on. I will say, I know they're out, but you can look at some positives. Hopgood was a real good pickup from Penrith. Huge. Cartwright getting back to his best form um, and the, the value they sort of got out of him. If they get him locked in on a two-year deal, they're talking a good value. They certainly need to get in the market for some outside backs. Yeah. Between the rotation, like, I know Sevo's locked in now, but he's been up and down. Wunga Blake will definitely be gone. Um, Bailey Simonson and Panasini seem like they've probably got the centre spots pretty well tied up yeah, from the Penicini's back end of the year. good footy, man. I'm um, only 19 years old as well, 20 years old, So, but they certainly need to get some OBs. That's that's a real big area of concern. Um, but for the Roosters, they roll on and they're still alive. Same thing, just need to keep winning. The controversy at the back with the Sevo Tedesco moment, that's one of those ones where I just, that's football. That's an accident. He come in, he slipped, he tried to put his arm away. He, it was an innocuous hit. It got changed to a cat one. That's probably the big thing for the Roosters. Um, he'll miss this weekend. Joey Manu goes to fullback. That's plain and simple for them, just win. Yeah. But I didn't think there was any malice in it. It was one of those moments where a guy shot and made a decision. It's an accident. And sometimes in football, they're unavoidable. Yeah. but I don't know why his hands were there, though. Well, he basically <laughs> tried to pull his arms out of the way once he saw it before. I didn't think he intentionally. Yeah. But <clears throat> I think if he really wanted to get him, he could have made it much worse. But, yeah, that's that's a football, football accident. But 50 misses, 10 line breaks, season over and heading to the Rift this weekend. Do you think they've got anything left in the tank that want to spoil the party? Zero. Or heading into the bye and knowing yeah. it's over, you think they just roll over? I don't think they'll roll over, but I just don't think, even if they're at their best, that they've got enough to compete. No. Nah. Simple as that. <clears throat> I'm with you there. Probably the other one I only thought of before, like the risk on Hodgson. I know they were smart enough to have an option in the deal for a year, but then they also cancelled that, re-sign him, even when they had the next surgery, which is now retired anyway. 
Yeah. So that was a weird one in itself, knowing that was happening and then only a few weeks after the new deal having to retire him. So that's another issue they're going to have to address. Yeah. Last six filled in with hands they've got a little bit out of, but nine's not an easy position to fill. That's for sure. Um, Tigers, Dolphins, crowd was almost non-existent, but this one actually ended up being semi-entertaining. Yeah. They threw the football at each other. The big thing that a lot of people talked about as well is how they gave Brooksy a barbecue after the game with a nameplate on it. (laughs) That summed up a lot of things there uh, with the barbecue. Then apparently some outlets were saying, are you doing something for him for the rest of the year? They're like, no. Then they ran back and said, yeah, 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 we are. Next minute they had the barbecue with the nameplate on it. Mm. Um, You'd think for almost 10-year service and whatever that you'd maybe wait till Prezzo night or give him something else other than a barbecue. That was a bit random. But yeah, I looked at this one, um, pretty much what we said during the week. When you're rolling out a couple of debutants or guys in different positions, you don't know what to expect. But Tigers certainly looked the more dominant early on. Between Bolle, you took Amanu, moved the football. I thought that Arpi and Laurie actually linked up pretty well. Yeah, they did. Bull had some moments off them. Um, they tried to crash their back <laughs> rows and particularly play that right side to go at young Bostock. It's a big ask for a kid that was literally playing SG ball only 12 months ago, playing his second first grade game. Yeah. Obviously had the positive moment where he snatched the ball out of the air, but yeah, no surprise they targeted him. Laurie popped him a couple of times, but this is one of those games where it just yo-yoed back and forth. Nick Arima, Azaka, Katara on the flip side, responded, had a couple of nice moments of their own. Huge moment I really enjoyed watching was Trey Fuller. Guy that's grinded away for years in cup, been a really good player, had sniffs of first grade squads and pre-seasons, gets a debut. Like the bloke barely 80 kilos, ringing wet, beats three or four to score a try and had a real impact on the game. So <laughs> love seeing that sort of stuff. On the flip, Tristan Riley was a late signing, I think, back in the last year, like from the Waratah set up in the Union. He debuted. Tigers had a couple of nice touches, almost set up a try. Um, but <laughs> overall, considering what it was, I, I'm certainly not one I would have thought I would have enjoyed, but I actually didn't think this was too bad again. Yeah, it was good. It was entertaining. It was open. And the RP moment with the kick. It was like ugly, but I expected it to be ugly. What about his kickoff? Mm. His kickoff to get the ball back was a perler. It was like a low hook. Yeah. Instead of doing like the rugby up or down, like he basically just curled it in behind that front man. Hit Kapara, I think it was. a bit of refereeing controversy as well. So, yeah, it was yeah. It was all happening. But that conversion was a corker. Belter. Under pressure. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I thought this, like I said, just really entertaining. And for two teams at the bottom end, rolling in. One that I'll throw out there, an interesting one for you. I don't know, again, we talk bottom of the barrel sort of stuff back in the year. You look at plays, you look at deals, you look at clubs. But I get a feeling that one of the better teams will take Alex Safarth. Just as a quality low-end sort of signing that someone probably won't think too much about. But back end of the year, him coming off the bench for them, and at times, like, just what his job is is fairly simple. It wouldn't surprise me if a Webstar looked at him for some value like he did with a Ford or a Penrith or something like that, looked at a Safarth and just thought, come here, opportunity sort of deal, low money, but, you know, that sort of situation. I think he's done yeah. a reasonable <clears throat> job, but it's another one of those ones where you start looking about filling in your squad I don't know if they offer him. I don't know if they don't, but you look at it at the moment, like they didn't want Laurie at the start of the year. They didn't want to borrow him when they had a chance to get him for bugger all and then see the football that he plays at fullback or six and now he's going back to Penrith. Sometimes it's, it's not even so much looking at someone going, is this how long for term? a guy like Safarth and a guy like Dane Laurie, it's the company you keep. Mm. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, you, you look better around better cattle. 
And it's, I still know, think there's just some quality that those players or the stuff you see, you're like, they're, they're not a bad footballer. But for them not to want them at all with what they have or what's out there, like I think sometimes they have a bit more of an expectation of what they should have. You still need 30 players. You still need to find some value. I thought the Laurie deal at the start of the year and what he did at fullback, bar a bull, I still would have rather had him, which the deal seemed fairly cheap for a couple of years. Yeah. I think on their part now, that's a mistake. Because Penrith just gave him and go beautiful. Yeah. We get the stash in for two years now, and now basically <laughs> on our cup side as a backup. Well, at times, yeah, I think sides overestimate or overread the room in terms of what they could do. But yeah. Um, I know for the Dolphins, again, it's really fallen out the backside, but. To do what they've done this year, especially in the early parts with the squad they've dished up, and I said this last week, I'd still be extremely happy if I was them. Yeah. I like it's so. nine or ten losses, the last 11 or whatever the situation may be, but to to have even been in the hunt or the conversation for the eight still a few weeks ago, I thought was a massive overachievement. We had them winning less than their overs-unders, which was five, I think. Yeah. So I think they've won nine. Had some challenges. Like we said, a couple of kids are looking tired. A couple of veterans are looking a bit tired. Couple of quality players next year: Flegler, Farmer, Avarillo. Bit of development in a few other blokes. I think their spine recruitment actually worked out pretty well. As Sullivan, Nickarima, those sort of guys, I think have done a lot better than what even I expected. So, see if they can jag a little bit more quality or jag somebody else. Um, Tigers, as of late, have been in just about every single game. I know their record doesn't say otherwise, but you know, a lot of losses by six, eight, ten, or less. Mm. throughout the year I find it interesting again like we said they've already moved off one of their parts of the five year plan so it's definitely going to be interesting now that Benji's got the steering wheel to see how that starts next year um, but there's one thing we certainly know about the West Tigers noise never stops no. yeah. but if they have a bad start the next year uh, I think it's only a matter of time before everything starts going chaos theory again so that's going to be interesting yeah. never a dull moment and Brooksy enjoy your barbecue mate he apparently loves barbecues and cooking goes to bed thinking about what he's going to cook next, so that's why he got a barbecue. I'll tell you what, it'd suck if you had a barbecue that was actually better and worth more than that. Yeah. Well, I'd heard a few people complain on the radio about what style it is. I don't know. I only know what a Weber is or a Traeger. It was a beef eater and a few people ringing up going, that's a shit barbecue. I was like, well, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Mind you, if he wants to get it off his hands, I'll fucking take it but, off him. Yeah. $900 barbecue. got his name on it. So. Good on him. Uh, what what should happen? Someone like a rugby league collector should go and like offer him two grand for yeah, it. I want Luke Brooks's barbecue. <laughs> Put it in storage for twenty years with a nameplate, and it'll end up in a museum somewhere. Luke Brooks's farewell barbecue. Yeah, classic. Usually you get the football in the case or a jersey or something like that. Nah, beef eater BBQ. Enjoy. That's all. <laughs> so good. It's <laughs> so good. Cook uh, yourself a rump and fuck off. Yeah, get out. Get out, Roxy. Get out. They, they, yeah, they think the grass is greener. Put your calf on the barbecue, son. You're out, I think mate. It'll be a nice move for Luke Brooks to head to Manly, and I think it'll be a nice, nice move for Latu to hopefully get some first grade experience at the West Tigers. Yeah, I think for everybody in that situation, particularly them, I think that was the toxic one. That relationship, Brooksy certainly should have got out earlier, but he is now. Mm. And I enjoyed the press conference last week. Do you, you know about Tim getting fired or your contract? And he basically said, I don't care. I'm like, good. So you should. You've dealt with plenty of crap. Let it out. That's Just right. say what you want to say. <laughs> Just say what you want to say. Did the pressure contribute to you leaving? It's like, well, that and basically the fact that at the start of the year they told me to fuck off to Newcastle and they reneged on it. Like, 
And that's happened plenty of times. <laughs> yeah. So he just sort of let his guard down and let a few things out and essentially said, yeah, a lot of shit that's going on here and there's too much noise and there's a lot of problems, I'm out. I was like, good. Good on you. Yeah. Nice work. Moving on from that one, Panthers-Titans. Uh, Titans had their moments, certainly surprised me, but for Penrith, you look at it again, I still don't think they really are trying to hit top gear. They're they're in the position where they've able to been resting players. Like I know Kenny... They're saying he's still not quite ready or Tago, but to be able to sit tight out if he's got a niggle or science and this, not the other, this is the benefit of winning those games and navigating the origin period fairly well. They can sort of load manage and get everyone ready for week one. Yeah. Because they know on their head, as we know, week one, Blue Bet Stadium, whoever goes there, they want that to be automatic. Because mm. if they win, you get another rest and you put yourself in prime position for the prelim. So I, I think everything for them is just focusing towards week one. And they need to get it right. Anyone who's got a niggle, any problem. And the plus side to this, again, playing guys like Garner, more minutes for Hosking. They've played him at centre. They've played him at back row. They've got Coggeran at nine this week. He's played halves. Peachy's done a good job when he's played in the centres. Jenkins done a good job when he's played centre or wing. Similar to the last few years like we spoke about, they've got guys proven they can do jobs if they're called upon. Smith's been better off the bench. All these guys are chipping and doing their part. Yeah, so right. I just think it sets them up even better for their finals assault. Um, but yeah, there was moments there, particularly the second half. Titans come right after him for like a 10, 15 minute period there where it felt like it was all them and they had to save a couple of tries, run under pressure for a few repeat sets. But when it got to the back end of the game, they just busted him open when they needed to hit the go button. They did, yeah. Penner hit the go button. Yo had his hand on absolutely everything, thought he was outstanding. Clearly had some, some nice touches as well. Um, but yeah, Liam Martin... Dylan Edwards, 300-plus metres. Taruva, again, this year, I know a lot of people talk about rookie of the year options, and it's like, oh, it should just be Katawa automatically because he's half. And people have mentioned Buller since he's got in. I think there's a couple of unsung guys like a Preston or a Taruva for the jobs that they do. Taruva's played every game, basically has 20-plus carries a week, has no fear for the size on him. Yeah. I know he's not getting many of the trials on that edge, but he's almost 200-plus and 20 carries a week automatically. That needs some respect. Yeah, and Preston to play in the team that he did on a training trial from flag to cup back into last year. I don't know if he's flag eligible this year. I think he was only one year out. Actually, no, I actually think he still is maybe flag eligible to play almost a whole season in the back row in the Bulldogs and be one of their best players. Yeah, That's a very difficult position for a rookie. So I know it's easy. It's always a half. Or people mention Carl Pereira. I'm like, no offense. You're, you're outside for feeder and foreign getting some gifts. He's got rocket boots. Fine. But I think there's a few tougher slog spots there where guys have probably done more as rookies to earn that goal. Mm. And that's two that probably come to mind. But Tommy Weaver, congrats, Tommy. They went to him last week and they shook his head and said, you're playing first grade, son. And he goes, yeah, who are we playing this week? Penrith. <laughs> and they certainly went after him, the, the young man. Had a great moment early on, dug in the line, laid a nice short pass off to Cleese Haas, who, tell you what, a bit more leg speed than old Payne. Payne's got good leg speed, but Cleese burst through Scored a nice meeting. Tommy was thinking, how good's first grade? And then after that, they just proceeded to batter that edge. He got knocked over eight times, poor Tommy. (laughs) An 18-year-old kid. They got lots of traffic at him. Uh, He had Martin and all the halves, the back rowers, Louie, everyone trying to come at him left, right, and center. Um, But I guess, as we say, and a lot of people in this situation, when you're at the back end of the year in this spot, if you've got someone like that and you've buggered off Sexton and Tanner Boyd's injured and now Campbell... Thank God he hurt his knee, but they've cleared him of an ACL, I think, today. So that's a positive. Yeah, well. Um, <clears throat> you may as well play these guys now. It's true. Get yeah. a couple of games in. So they had huge raps on Weaver. If you had the balls to let Sexton go, you clearly have a high opinion of him. 
Foreign can't play forever, and they've committed <laughs> to Tanner Boyd, so they threw him in there. But man, as an eighteen-year-old, I would have been shit myself if that's the first game of first grade to get to play. <laughs> and they're sending fucking fish arrows to Moses Louder and everyone else. Be like, dear yeah, lord, no thanks. Can we play the Tigers or someone? Could you have waited a week or two and maybe picked a better game? She said, no, we'll just play Penrith. So like, that's fucking mad. Yeah. And the only other thing I thought the other day, luckily for him, Isaac Tago wasn't playing when he was in the form he was in four or five weeks ago into Melbourne. Imagine him cutting back in off his left foot. He was yeah. putting blokes to sleep a few weeks ago. Poor Tommy Weaver would have been hitting the deck. Just go, get me out of here. I want to go back and play SG ball. Get me out. You see any of this one? Which one? The Titans one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, you summed it up well. Titans competed for a small section, but their defensive resilience doesn't allow them to compete in games with good teams. No, and it summed up again. They fold up like a fucking deck chair when they get put under any sort of pressure defensively. Kelly, after six or seven years or whatever a first grade, so good in attack, but defensively horrendous. Yeah. Like seven misses. Poor Tommy had eight. Campbell, front line, seven. For Federer, that was the one big part of his game. Start the end during Origin. I gave him a huge wrap on. Now that they're done for the back end of the season, he's packed it up. Yeah. He's missed a couple of shockers the last few weeks. He missed seven again the other night. There was a lot of blokes missing... Um, you know, some pretty straightforward tackles, but for the sort of, like we said, periods they threatened, I, I thought Penrith just did what they needed to do. Two times they needed to put the clappers on, they did. Yeah, exactly. And just closed it out. So no surprise this week. There's a few guys they haven't named, and I, again, expect that if come last round they need to, or they feel they need to get a game in as a whole unit, or they don't, the Cowboys would be very thankful and hoping that they feel like they want to rest everybody. Yeah. So a lot may rely on that for them. Storm Dragons, this was quite interesting on a rewatch because I sort of got home after commentating and didn't see this game and then saw Bellamy's press conference where he wasn't that angry. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I thought I just saw the score and thought, oh, he's going to be filthy. But he actually gave the Dragons a fair rap. And then I watched the game. Uh, I actually thought the Dragons were pretty good. So did I. Yeah. Mm. Considering But who, again, mm. defensive resilience for both teams. You just look at it and go. Oh, mate. Some of the misses, and he, yeah. he essentially said that. He didn't want to take away from them, but there was a few, he just said, system misses, where someone's just made a call that they shouldn't have. Okay. So Harry jumps out and just ditches his inside shoulder. Munster jumped out in front of the ball and let Sloan basically walk to that gap, ditched his inside shoulder. There was a few where he was basically saying that it's decisions that didn't need to be made. Yeah. But then on the flip for the Dragons, I think the exact same thing. Well, probably jumping out of the system. Mm. That left-hand side, their right edge that gets attacked that we is literally the worst in the comp. The same thing happens every week. Yeah, They were manned on a few times and didn't need to come in. And you've got Amon and Fiona and Burns like just making decisions on their own and disconnecting from one another, and they just got pulled apart. The worst one of the lot, though, was the Coates one after they'd copped a few in a row and they'd led by 18 and they were right on top. Coates literally just takes a run from the opposite wing to midfield and goes straight through and goes to, to the bank. To the bank. Um, the... Jerome Hughes had the ball on the string. That connection him and Katara got is really good to watch. Mm. And then Katara just jacked poor Benny Hunt, linebacker style at the end of the game. Terry tated him for the ball to come out. So that wasn't great for him. But uh, I, I sort of thought they were going to blow it, to be honest. The more I watched it when I got home, just thought, oh, he's going to be so angry. But he wasn't that angry. I was quite surprised. I was mm. like, Belly. I was thought we were going to get as a say, couple. You know, mm. but Dragons quite good. He gave Ryan Carr a fair rap too. Did he? Yeah, he did. Basically said uh, for the situation where they're at and what's sort of happened afterwards, he's done a really good job, and that you know someone out there, I'm sure people should be looking or they 
might want to keep him on, etc. So I think that's a fair, fair bit of rap to him. From old uh, Bellamy, but mm. I look at this one the same as I look every week. You don't know what you're going to get from Melbourne this year, which is quite funny. In the park, like I, I yeah, they look, are. they're a little bit unpredictable. I didn't look at the draw, but I want to know if they've won three in a row this year. I don't know if they have. The four weeks prior to these couple in a row, it was win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, basically on or off. Yeah. I don't know if they've put together a three straight this year. No, I'm not sure either. But for them and what's going on and the inconsistency in that group behind the top two, um, they're not quite locked into the top four, but they got the Gold Coast this week. And then they finish with Brisbane, who they love playing. So if you got the Gold Coast, I'm pretty sure Campbell's going to be missing. I think they said Philip Sammy hurt his foot and he might be missing. If they're low on troops and it's your last potentially last home game in Melbourne, you'd want to get a win. Yeah, lock, lock in the top four. Definitely. So that would probably, a win this week, would probably see them lock out fourth spot. Don't think they'd catch the Warriors unless they drop a game. Um, and if they're fourth spot, well, then again, it'll come down to Brisbane either winning out and holding on or whether Penrith rest last round and fall in a second. But it's more than likely looking that they're going to be heading to Suncorp or Bluebet week one. It does. Yeah, you're right. Um, but for them, across the board, it need to be better. Still too many weeks where I'm like, well, Hughes is really good this week. Harry's really good this week. I think Munster hasn't been great since Origin. I know they said he had stitches on his knee and he hasn't looked quite himself, but it just doesn't feel like they're ever all on the same page together. No, it It's sort of one week it's this person, one week it's that person. The forward pack, to me, has still been quite underwhelming. Katoa's been really good since he got back in. Um, but yeah, it still feels like there's a lot to be improved. And Papenhaus and everyone was calling for it last week. They pulled him out midweek and he almost didn't play. He ended up playing on the weekend and they're going to see how he pulls up. They put him in jersey 19 this week. I think he, obviously if he's good this week, he probably will get a run. But That's fair, yeah. It just depends who they want to drop off the bench. Uh, you'd think Garlic might go and they won't carry two hookers. Yeah. Yeah. But let's be honest. Harry has to play 80 in the finals. Yeah. You're not going to be rolling so. garlic gonna, in for 10, 15 I guess minutes. it's how they, whether they want to cover it. Yeah. So that's, that's sort of the spot I looked at. want to go in on it. I, I'd probably be leaning towards uh, giving some of those fill-in hookers a little bit more time. I'd, to ensure that they're right in case of a potential injury, I'd probably go the other way on it and wind Harry's minutes back slightly. And just freshen him up a little bit. I, I think he can get eighty out comfortably. Yeah, that's my gut feeling. He's going to have to manage it. So then you'd have to go if you be if you carry him Pat though. Then you've got to carry Garlic. No, no, for the for the short term, mm. that's what I do. And then carry but I want to carry someone who can play middle as well. Yeah. So the nine well, Garlic can, can play, play middle. middle. So I'd and he's played back row. Lean to carry to. him. Yeah. So he's sort of probably got himself in a good spot for the fact that he can play. He's a hybrid role. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't mind that type of player. They do that with McDonald sometimes when they bring McDonald in. He's played centre for cross sakes in cup. Yeah. But when he plays for them, he's just basically straight up and down toiler in the middle. Yeah. If they need him, they can play him on an edge as well. Eisenhuth, similar, edge middle. Yeah. Tepai now is more a middle than he was an edge in his earlier days because he put a bit of size on, but they don't mind that sort of bench hybrid, like you're saying, middle edge kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this week, they were, they were really worried last week. Apparently he pulled up, had a knock at training and they were going to pull the pin on him. But they gave him a couple of days off and he played on the weekend. Yeah, wow. So they, I think they had a bit of a scare there. Not what you want to hear. Um, but yeah, I think the more interesting one was this. I listened to Shane Flanagan on the way back. Pretty brutal on uh, Sloan. So I think it's going to be a long off-season for him, the way it sounds. Did he give it to him? Did he? Oh, just basically bringing up, like, there's some quality moments, but said that, you know, the cover tackle effort on Warbrick was shit and 
just basically there's some little things there that aren't there and things that a first grade fullback shouldn't be doing. So I'm, I'm assuming mm. he's going to go I, pretty. I can, like, I get that. Yeah. Mm. But also lean on the side of, well, who showed him? Exactly. And what, what, what function has he had in the last year or two that had dysfunction? Yeah. There's been the talk about the separation and Griffin having favourites and they were going to sack him and they were off him and everything happened in the back end of last year. Like the two years he's sort of been in the first grade, mix hasn't been the greatest. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and you see those pure moments of talent. There's no question of his talent. We see that. He glides. Look at that Anzac Day game. Was it the Anzac Day game? Or the second Roosters game? Like, when he is on, he is on. Yeah. But, yeah, he's probably not physical enough. He's still a kid. Probably has some moments there or things like that cover tackle, but probably needs exactly what he's going to get. A hard off-season with competition. Because by all reports, yeah. he's told Lomax as well even though he's playing really good footy at centre, that he might be in the mix for training that role as well. So he clearly wants to throw the gauntlet down to Sloan as well, that it's not your spot. Yeah. You have to earn that spot. And you have all the ability in the world, but if you don't do the things I'm going to ask you to do, you're not going to play. He's already punted Sullivan, like we spoke about. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, he's he's clearly not afraid to get his opinion out there, but he he sounded pretty high on him. I a lot of those guys, but similar deal, he talked about that edge, just young guys who are man on who don't need to make that decision but they're all not trusting one another and they're disconnected they just panic yeah so again repetition and time together and um, I'm, I assume they're going to be doing plenty of practice on that in the off season as well mm-hmm. but moving on Night South and this is probably the big one and there's a lot to talk about with South but we'll talk about the game first um, they are truly in a hole and off the cliff at the moment and they it's are. now yeah. literally in the situation where mm-hmm. a win will get them in Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Because their four and against is good enough. But they have to win now against the Roosters, which we always know it doesn't matter where they've been on the ladder, what's going on in the season. When these two play, it's hellfire and brimstone. Last year was the seven sin bin game. The one prior to that was the, the fracture. There was the 50-plus point win by South in the last round. These games are never clean. Never clean. No, they're not. But this team has gone from eight of their first 10 to four of their last 13, conceding any... 12 points a game being up there with Penrith in terms of the best defensive teams in the comp to almost conceding 30 a game. They'd make the most errors in the competition. They have the second worst completion rate and they're one of the most ill-disciplined teams in the competition. Yeah. And it all looks exactly like that. And then to boot, you throw on top of that everything we're now hearing, which has sort of been withdrawn. And I heard a few weeks ago some stuff about Burgess and players like leaning on Burgess as a former captain or knowing him and him as a leader, but that comes to the point where before, like we saw on TV, they're saying they're potentially going to sack both the assistants. <laughs> so shit has really hit the fan if this yeah. is all true. And again, only going off what's out there, but I heard a little something the other week and thought, uh, we'll wait and see about that because it's only a few weeks ago. They played Origin, beat the Warriors in New Zealand. Everything seemed like maybe they just needed a few weeks together. Yeah. But then you're hearing shit about when they're over in Perth, it's supposed to be a training session, player power side of things. They get to choose. They go play a game of basketball. Exactly. And then it's, they're not running it, we're running it. There's preferential treatment for Cody Like There's a lot of shit that's just suddenly come flying out where you're like, this is not good. Because when all this comes out at once and there's so much noise, 
there's clearly a time bomb that's been waiting to go off, and it's fucking gone off. Mm-hmm. So, read between the lines what you will, what's true and what's not. There is one thing that's clear: there is definitely a problem at South Sydney. Yeah, well, yeah, that's exactly. That's right. the thing. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not and confirming or denying what's real and what's not, but you don't get this sort of. You don't shit get the talk. noise. Yeah, exactly. And have that sort of talk about the assistants both might be sacked. Like, that's hefty. Yeah. Real hefty. So, from an outsider looking in, I will say one thing for Demetrio. Like I said, for the apprenticeship he did, for what he did Q Cup, New South Wales Cup, assisting this, that, and the other, I think he's a smart coach. I think he's a good coach. But if he has taken sort of the Wayne Bennett mold, but we know Wayne Bennett in the past had had guys like Jimmy and the Jet or been able to handle those sort of guys and tell players he doesn't do this or do that because he does this on Saturday. Like, if he's sort of gone that route and maybe it hasn't gone across too well, then you've got Morris or a Burgess who have a bit of gravitas or still in the group and you know yourself sometimes as an assistant, like there can be assistants, they're good buddy. They're good cop, not bad cop. Yeah. You can create a divide pretty easily if everyone's not sort of pulling in the same direction. And then if you're Demetrio, you're also playing a bit of a dangerous game, I think, there, where if you put all your trust in or a couple of those guys and let things slide for a little while, that it'll just turn itself around, that you can find yourself in a position eventually where you can't reel it back in. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think any one person, depending on what we've heard, is at fault. But you can create divides very quickly if some of what's leaked out is true. Yeah. And you've got guys whinging near Sam, who's an ex-player and probably looks and doesn't agree with that, and he's telling those players that or... Like you said, it could be attacking or defensive guys doing their own thing or going off in the mould. Does he not trust them from the start? Um, he's got some of his own staff there. Has there been a divide over top? Like, you just don't know. You don't. But the one thing I will say, and that's no knock on him, if he's gone the Wayne Bennett route that he felt that he could let them have time off or do this or run the joint, you can't take that route. Not, not, that early, not this early in your career. You don't have the brownie points of what Wayne Bennett does to say, Steve Renoff doesn't do the fitness because he fucking turns up on Saturday. Jimmy the Jet does what Jimmy the Jet does because I say that Jimmy the Jet does that. Mm. It's very different styles. So I know he spent a lot of time with Wayne, but maybe he's let it go. If it is true that side of it, maybe he's let it go a little bit too much. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And then you have having someone in there like a Sam who probably wouldn't do that with Wayne there. Maybe he's doing that now because he sees it as a bigger problem. That I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. It's probably the wrong thing to do. Yeah. But that is another one of these things that can lead to that divisiveness that we're all hearing about. Yeah. But I've never heard anything so fucking crazy that potentially fire both of your assistants before the last round. It's craziness. Man. And the scarier part is, though, if players are leaning towards him and it, some of what he said is true, it could create an even bigger problem. Of course it can, yeah. Because let's face it, this long-term deal we heard about apparently is confirmed. They haven't announced it. I was saying you that if they haven't signed it or hadn't done it yet, I'd be telling him maybe with what's going on, we want to wait until the end of next year now because mm-hmm. you got last year. But if they've already signed it, locked it in, it's happening. Yeah, He's there. There's no way around it. I'm not saying they fire him, but if this is all going to go nuclear right now and potentially end in season over, both your assistants gone, we've got to start from scratch next year and pick up all the pieces. It's going to be a very interesting off-season if uh, they don't make the finals and this does go down the way. It looks like it might be going down. Yeah. But... 100%. Getting back more to the game side of things, I am bothered after the weekend, if I'm them. Like, for Luttrell, 24-something touches, 12 tackle break. Like, his moments are good, but the non-cover effort on the chase, the pushing and trying to start the fight in the first half for freeze and smacking people in the head again where other people have been sent off during the year. Like, that same round in Magic Round where Tommy Arley was told to punch Nathan Cleary when he grabbed his jersey. Luttrell gave three straight jabs into Harry Grant's face. 
And then people trying to defend like the striker. It was, it's like, well, you know what? It's almost a bit of karma for the moments that he puts himself in. Yep. That that's now cost him another week. And it's not as bad. I know it's not the money moment, but it's another one at the back end of the season in a critical stage where he needs to be on the field. Yep. And they basically admitted that they rested him for longer than what they could out of what we talked about before. Probably somewhat of an arrogance thinking they're just going to walk into the finals and sort it out. Well, now they're not just walking into the finals. Yeah, They've got a fucking true cross on their hands. Yep. True crosses. There was even talk that him and uh, Cody and Demetrio almost fucking went head to head at a captain's run. Yeah. So that that in itself, it's like, hard hard to know where the truth lies. Yeah, the one hand grab for the ball that led to the try. I know it touched the ref in the end, and I seen that replay after because I didn't see it initially. Why are you grabbing it with one hand? Get it with two hands. It's not hard. The last try that best gets again, standing in that kind of block shape there. I know the pass probably wasn't meant for him, but he sort of snatches that or doesn't come up like this. Just lots of moments in the game. And then it finished off with that forearm slash elbow moment where you're just like, well, you put yourself in these positions. And more yeah. often than not, whether people agree it's worth a week, it's a fine, that's bullshit, you shouldn't miss a game for that, stop putting yourself in that position. And by this point in his career, like how long has he been playing first grade for? <laughs> yeah. Like seven or eight years since he was 18. Considered a leader, given a contract of a leader. Origin, Australia, World Cup winner, Origin winner. By this point in time, you should fucking know better. True. So I have no sympathy for him missing this situation and if it all burns to the ground. Yeah. Because, yeah, and again, for South, I've got no sympathy either. And I, we both had him right up there. You picked him for your premiership. I thought after the first 10 rounds, I'd seen a lot of the things that we hadn't seen the last few years. It's all just gone out the window. And I know people are bringing up other stuff now, like, well, Ilias has been playing bad and Campbell Graham's not playing bad. Well, I think there's a lot more to it than blaming a seven who didn't play any junior football during COVID and the center who's now getting injections in his chest and a couple of middles. There's a much bigger problem at the root of what's going on here. Let's be fair, Dinkum. Yeah, and that's not defending that those guys aren't playing more, but let's be fucking serious. There's a much bigger problem than going back to the Reynolds Ilias thing or it, Graham's not playing good now or Ken Murray's not playing that great now. There is a much bigger problem at South Sydney Huge than trying to pick on the halfback or a center or isolated player. Yeah. And I don't know how this is going to work out, but... If they miss the finals after being eight from ten, hmm. big trouble, mate. Big trouble. Big and trouble. And some serious questions need to be asked. Yep. So, I don't know if you got anything more to add. Do you disagree? Have I missed it? No, I just I don't know where to. Well, I don't want to speculate because nah, we no. don't know what the facts are. But I know. the fact that there's rumours that two assistant coaches there's, are going to get stood down. There's way too much that's got out. That's too, the first. That's like quickly. it's the first time that that would have ever happened. Yep. At this point of the season, That's so nuts. that gives you a little bit of a uh, like an insight into how deep this goes. Mm. And for a team that's competing for a finals position, you know, we see coaches come and go. Probably the closest thing to this is when Griffin was moved on. You know, when Penrith, Penrith had top four. Uh, you know, but that was proven to be the correct choice. And again, Gus had reasons for that. I'd imagine that the South Sydney board or the South Sydney. Uh, powers to be or whoever's making these decisions have got reasons for what they're doing here that'll all come out in the wash but at the moment it's I'm not sure whether it's a good thing that they've got the buy this week I, I tend to think as like as a coach I'd probably rather not have a game this weekend I heard them say before that it's a bad timing I think the complete opposite yeah, I think it's probably I think you've got timing. two weeks to sort it out and get everyone indoors and go look this is going down like the next few days is going. To be I'm some- just not sure it's going to make them play any better like you need to find the crux of what the actual issue is and solve it 
Like, yeah, to move have... to move A B C D on and to do whatever, it, like it'll be effective if if it's actually addressing the issue. Mm. First and the most hardest thing, the most difficult thing, not the most hardest thing, the most difficult thing as a coach sometimes is to find the issue. Once you find the issue, mm. you know you're in the business of problem solving. That's that's essentially what a coach is, or being accountable for the issue is, is what yeah, he's doing. It, yeah, that's cool. Like, but I mean, yeah. you can't be accountable to something he doesn't know. No, you know, like, I think. More often than not, that's actually the problem. Either A, because you've got people around you who are enabling it mm. and aren't telling you about it. And or, you know, you can't be everything to everyone and you can't see everything. So you need people no. around you. Or he's trusting. Are you gonna trust you trust to tell you be your right. eyes? Yeah, but to also act in accordance with how you would like them to act in certain situations. Mm. You know, in that if someone's not behaving up to a certain standard or executing to a certain standard, you need to hold them accountable. You need to trust that your staff are going to do that. I'm not sure. But if he's not doing I'm it, not then sure. other players that, are going. That to me, what, what is going on at the moment, that points to a disconnect between head coach, assistant, assistant. coach, in and, in and around what the head coach expects of the assistant coaches or whether they've just breached. Well, that's what I'm more wondering. It breached is- his trust in, in some manner or... A player's going to the assistants and they're not passing on to him saying this is what we're getting from them, like and tipping him up, or is he that blind? Like there's, there's a lot of ways this could be. I don't know the injury. Jason Demetrio doesn't strike me as a bloke who's unapproachable though. Like no, I, don't, I, I would imagine he seems to me like he's a players coach. I, yeah, I would imagine definitely. that the players would want to would be able to go to Jason Demetrio and well, all these blokes re signed knowing he was going to be the coach. Yeah. That's the other thing they said today. They're like, oh, but that was all at the start of the year. I'm like, no, they weren't. Some of them were recent. Tatala was only a few weeks ago. Mm. Uh, like I, Campbell I, I, Graham was only a few weeks ago. Like all these deals have been done, knowing he's the long-term coach and this is the future. Yeah, so like coaching's hard enough without having to play it all that through the media either. Like mm. it's, and then he'd he'd be sitting at home. Maybe he knows exactly what the issue is. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like, but and then sometimes the media speculation can actually stoke up other issues. Other issues, you know? like, and that's why I'm sort of sitting here going, surely, particularly he's... if the players are watching it, going, yeah, oh, hang on a minute, you know, and believing everything that they hear and that they read. So. Without knowing all the details, I'm wondering mm. if it's if they are offside. Well, Sam Burgess is going at the end of the year anyway, exactly. so like, yeah. If that, that, that one's sort of not thing. not a huge um, issue, John Morris, you know, there's been talk around him going to the West Tigers. So yeah, he's taught linked to Newcastle. The, if that's the fact, like, he's still got Ben Hornby there, I think. Joseph Demetrio, mm. you can more than comfortably get through the rest of the season with. Head coach, who I'd imagine is hands-on. And well, he's cut Hornby, his staff coach. and another guy there, like I said to you, also the dudes he worked with at Pride and Cowboys. Um, the cup coach there is doing a fantastic job. Yeah. They're, the Seas are second, and they, they can't, they've got to buy this weekend in cup as well. But they, they were so his... they'll finish second on the ladder. And who I'm not sure. I, I know the guy. I know the guy's face. Yeah. I apologize that I can't think of his name no, right no. now, but he's... He's done a fantastic job with the New South Wales Cup team. I'm year. the same as you with name, but I remember telling you that I looked at it. They they both come from Northern Pride with him yeah, and they won. Look it up now because so they, as a group, yeah. you might have more faith in those sort of guys to move into those well, jobs. More trust, maybe I don't know. And that's not saying that the other guys are just in the wrong, but there's a lot here without knowing about who's in the wrong, who's in the right, where the disconnect is. It's Joe O'Callaghan. Hmm. I'm pretty sure they were all at Northern Pride together. Yeah. So he brought a few along that obviously had great success with those few years, but. It's certainly interesting. But going back to the game at Newcastle, and old Newcastle fans are probably saying, well, fuck you, you haven't given us a rap. Huge rap. Oh, seven in a row. Yeah. You couldn't be playing any better. And the thing about watching like Ponga after the game, 
celebrate and the crowd and like a packed house. And I was like, this is why I've been so harsh like the last year or two because with the the way he handled the Brown situation, going to six two times, the contract stuff with his dad, like just not being accountable for the way he's playing or a lot of things that happen. It seems like this moment with Slater, the concussions and everything, sort of just sitting down and having a one-on-one and going, mate, go back to club, be the best player at Newcastle, focus on Newcastle. That's your number one thing and everything will just come off that and him going back to fullback, mm. that everything's just clicked into gear. And he's doing what he should be doing because that's the sort of talent he has. So look at him now and you talk about that contract. If this is the Caelan Pongi you get for the next four or five years, yeah. he's worth every fucking dollar. But it more makes you angry when you talk about these guys when they don't hit that level or that potential. Yeah. This seven weeks, the three or so prior to that when he first got back, this version of Caelan Ponga is one of the best players in the competition and worth every bloody dollar. Yeah. And what he did on that edge, like, man. And it's, it's not all on Campbell Graham. I heard a lot of, oh, Campbell Graham, like, that's, that's a bit harsh. They're getting beat up in the middle as well because their forward pack's doing a good job. But the level he's at right now, when you know you're in the zone... He picked every single moment. When he held, he went across him. When he went up, he went inside him. Clune seen it as well. When he jumped, tipped one in by one. Like, they just picked every single spot. That's when you know you're humming. They did not get one of those selections wrong about reading that edge. They got him in the right two. Gago had a field day, went after Cody as he did. Bit of niggle there. They slung shot Dom Young on the outside. Frizz was great. Leo Thompson, what a pickup he's been. And then even a couple of guys at the start of the year that I thought, similar to their whole situation. Plenty of talent, but it just seemed like a bunch of blokes taking the piss in a paycheck. And it was going to see O'Brien at the door. Yeah. But when Kalen starts playing up to his pay, Frizz gets back at Origin, sort of lights a fire on his ass, wants to be there, playing up to his pay. Elliot comes on a big deal, starting to contribute the back end to his pay. The Saifidi's best. Like, there was a lot of good players there. Yeah. You just sort of looked at him and thought, well, it just seems like a lot of people are taking the piss. But that Hastings role... Gamble fitting in with him. Phoenix has moved and like it just seems like everything's worked and I can't really think of anyone who's playing bad. Even Fitzgibbon has been like he was probably five or six years ago when he first came in. Yeah. Real good, solid line runner, good defender. Great yardage. Marju's been outstanding for him. Like they're across the board, they are playing outstanding football. Yeah. And they haven't won seven in a row since they won the comp. So you want to talk about the sort of form that they've come That's in there. Sure. Um and they're going to earn their spot still because not only that to win seven, but they beat South. We said they probably need one of those two, and I think they finish maybe with the Dragons. Yeah. But they have Cronulla this week at home for a third week, and like that's another great test for them heading to finals. Absolutely, yeah. So I still think they need one more. Um, like I said, I'll, I have to look what that last game is, but with twelve in the draw and the form of those around them, maybe that might be enough. But I, I think they win one more; it's more than guaranteed. The draw is going to be the difference. But they could also... They can't get to the four, but they can get a home final still. Yeah. So imagine if they got a home final with the way things are going right now. <laughs> That'd be a terrible place to go week one. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So, very interesting. But, yeah, I, yeah, I, I just enjoyed, especially the left-hand side. Pulled him on his inside, got him on the outside, got him when he held, got him when he jammed, ran him behind him on his inside shoulder, changed his depth, like... When when you're seeing things like beach balls and everything's just as in slow motion, it's impressive to watch. It is, sure. Um, but yeah, like I'm, all the other guys as well, Thompson. To come back to a couple other moments, people weren't happy with the eight tackle set. Like, how does that happen? Yeah, you're right. With two touch judges, a ref, a bunker, and this, that, and the other, you think you wouldn't be able to stuff that up. Uh, but I still watch the game in general, and I don't take anything away. How South played, they're not winning that game. 
you don't get to complete at 58% and have the dog shit discipline they had and win that game of football. And even the one that touched the ref, like, I know that's supposed to be the attacking advantage the other way, but I, I don't look at those two moments out of the game. I'm more looking at South for exactly what we're talking about right now. There is huge problems. And nothing they did yeah. in that game indicated anything to me that they were going to win that game of football. Yeah. And that's not taking away from that. But I'm more just to have alarm bells and fire signs ring around them. Ordinary. Yeah. Very ordinary. Um, yeah. And Clune, that's another reason why we talk about you don't quit on halves or you should have a good backup half. Quality player. Yeah. Repeat set, nice try assist, does his job. And that's why when a few people have said what we talk about, like, why the fuck would you want it much? to go to West or do something it's like well you just sometimes when you're in a transition instead of blowing your stack if you can't get someone you want or really do want go find a good veteran good person put them around your kids put them in for a year it's a bit like they're trying to do the season thing it's basically a rental but if not yeah, you yeah. need a good backup yeah. Sam well, Williams that's... good career backup at Canberra Cog is going to be that sort of backup probably next year there it pays O'Sullivan being at Penrith like, it's also probably underrated a little bit the NFL there's not enough quarterbacks. Not many people have a good backup. But I think the way the cap's going... Yeah, where, it's hard to keep. Yeah, where things are at and that where it's probably getting into a position cash-wise now where people, if they can, would pay a little bit extra to hold onto a backup half. Yeah, well, definitely. Especially if you're playing you Origin. Especially if you're a chance of winning the comp. Yeah, especially if you're an Origin team. Yeah. Like I, I heard this week, and I mainly messaged yesterday, Brad Schneider, who was a nice-looking player, and a backup sort of option there at Canberra and wondering what happened, goes to Hull KL. I heard instantly this week that Penrith are already trying to bring him back next year knowing that Cogger's gone. Yeah, that's yeah. another one, again, in that lower range of age. Good ability, good backup. Might only need to plug in for four or five games and do a job, but, you know, going into a team like that with those sort of pieces around him could certainly do a job. Sure. But smart recruitment, smart buying. Because you're going to need a, a half to do a job, maybe only four or five times a year when you've got two of them, but you need a good backup option. Or you need someone you can at least rely on and go, can he get me from A to B, kick control, and close a couple of games for me? Exactly. Certainly. Um, a great performance from them, and that's the game of the week this week for me. Night Sharks, Sunday Arva at Newcastle. That's going to be a belter. Yep. Absolute belter. Uh, and to finish off, Dogs Canberra. <sighs> Not really impressed, to be honest. It's a yo-yo. Um, it was just, yeah, a necessary game for the Bulldogs. I thought they did everything to spoil that game. You know, they got tore apart. The week before in Newcastle, through the ruck, they, yeah, they did a good job. They laid in, numbers in, wrestled, slowed the ruck up, hand on ball, did everything they possibly could to slow Canberra down, mm. and it worked. It worked for 60 minutes. Credit to Canberra for pushing through and persisting and fighting through it and getting the result in the end because I didn't think it was a very well officiated game and the style of game certainly suited the Bulldogs more than it did Canberra. Mm. Uh, Canberra did well not to get frustrated and lose their shit. and They closed it out well, I'll give them that. They did. Yeah, they they I, finally hit three in a I just, row. I, I enjoyed the game because it was probably closer than what I expected but then actually watching the game as a spectacle it was it was tough because there were, yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of spoiling tactics and credit to Canterbury like in the end, it's the referee's job to determine what sort of game, what sort of style of game there's going to be. Canterbury went there knowing that if you know all things equal, we probably can't beat this team. So how do we drag them into a contest and make this competitive? And they they did a good job of that for the majority of the game. Mm. Well, I thought their middle was excellent. Tarpany 
at times. I've, I've felt this year, people are like, oh, he hasn't seemed to have as big an impact. I think that's because for the most part, he's been one out. I know Red's been pretty good. Yeah. The Red Machine, but I think Papa's been pretty quiet at times. And, you know, there's been a few others that probably haven't been as good. Gool has had his moments, but, like, when they're all on and playing well together like they thought they were the other day, Papa much better. Red and Tarpany, when you get that three-piece working through the middle, they look excellent. Yeah. But even him, when he's unleashed a bit more, he's late footwork, he's pass, even the short pass for Papa Stroy at the end. Tarpany's a really good player. Um, Rapinoe, he always looks good when he gets back to one and gets that bit of freedom. Still has a couple of brain snap moments in him, but he was huge in this game. He was by far the most impactful player. Yeah. Um, Timiko was hard to handle. Had some good moments as well. And... Yeah, I just thought, like I said, a couple of those middles. Rapper, Timiko were, were probably the difference. The dogs, like Sexton's had some good moments since he's been there. Still definitely got to work on his D. But I think that's an issue for them full stop. Similar deal. Yeah. Like yeah. Kikau, he's not at Penrith anymore. Seven misses. Marnie had nine misses. Like Waddell in the back row. Burton, one poor inside shoulder, but a few other, like five misses. Like just as a whole. That's the sort of stuff that kills you in those bottom sides. It's the small stuff. Yeah, big time. It's the detail. Exactly. Like you talk about the penalties, your discipline. Your defense, your individual efforts. Um, but yeah, they were able to play spoiler for a while. But once they got that sort of three in a row and got it out to 36 to 18, I'm sure the late try, they wouldn't have been happy. But at the same time, it was a kick contest when I picks it up. It's not a crash over or a dummy half try or a soft effort. Um, but yeah, still no 13 plus wins this year. That was their first one, it looked like. And they gave it away at the end. 12 point win. But for them, more than likely could secure them a spot, but they're four and against to say bad. I still think they're going to need one of these games. Yeah, it's hard, Cowboys, Roosters, yeah. anyone else gets to 13 and there's a log jam. Raiders are going out. No, no, yeah, I think I think you're right. Oh, they're, yeah. going, they're going to need it. They're minus 90-something still, and everyone else is 90, 80 points better than they are. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, Brisbane, no Reynolds, last home game potentially for the season this week, and then Cronulla to finish at the prison. So they're going to have to really square up for one of these games because Newcastle more than likely get another win or they're in. Uh, they're on 129 plus. Rabbitohs plus 73. Cowboys plus 12. And even the Roosters, if they get there, are minus 62. They're still 40 points better than Canberra. And because Canberra haven't been able to put a score on, you're not looking at them going, they're going to be able to turn that deficit around. Their only way to be really safe here is to win one more game. They win one more game and they are locked in. They leave themselves in that 13 tie-up. Um, and there's a few head-to-head results there as well. So someone's going to get points. Yeah. Like Sharks, Sharks, Knights this week. Knights win that. They're booked. Roosters, Rabbitohs, one of them's getting a win. If they beat the Tigers this week, they're booked. They could be going to the last round sweating, heading to Shark Park thinking, we have to win this game. Yeah. So for them, um, home this week. Brisbane got them last time. No Reynolds. Croker's last home game, potentially. Bombed it for his 300th. Maybe uh, it was a good week to turn up and yeah. try and cause another upset. True. But fate's in the hands of a lot of teams. I did a ladder predict earlier, and I fiddled with it on a few regards. I had Cowboys if Penrith rest last round, and that gets them in. Yeah. And they beat the Dolphins this week. I had the Roosters win against South. That obviously got them in, and that was with Raiders not winning one of their last two. Yeah, so that had Raiders, Rabbitohs going out and Cowboys, Roosters sliding into 7-8. All those teams on 13 and differentials the difference. So to think it's going to come mm. down to that is quite amazing. But yeah, that wraps us up for the reviews mm. of the games from the weekend. 
Thank you to Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith, Toby, and the crew there. Move on now to our tips and previews of round 26. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you can have a bet with anyone, do it with the true blue bookie. Uh, charity win, like we said this week. Jerome Hughes, thank you. $1,148. Just remember, what are you really gambling with for free and confidence? Your help support and visit the gamblinghelponline.org.au. Last week, we both got six. You're 121. I'm 118. And things start. This week, with the Battle of the West, usually a game you'd say has plenty on the line regardless of where they're at. But this year, after being grand finalists, uh, I've seen today there's still 1,600 tickets left. You thought that'd be an automatic sellout, but I think a lot of the para fans have maybe tapped out in frustration this year, which you can't really blame them, really. I think it'll still probably sell out. Uh, I don't know. But... I think on their side Thursday night as well. It's, yeah, yeah it's but if if they were going good, they're both in the eight. This is a sellout. Oh, like, I, the well, Parramatta no, side. They've just, sold out nearly every game this year. Yeah, but the I fact think, that they've shit the bed, Parramatta, and it's Thursday night. Yeah, Penrith still got a few out. Yep. So so Tyo's back in. Jenkins goes out. Uh, Kenny's still out, and Sorensen is still out. So Cogo goes into nine. Hoskins in the lineup again, and Tago not named. At all, still with that leg injury for the Eels. Lane returns from that elbow injury. He's been named on the bench. Brendan Hands is out. That's the only change for them. Uh, I think Penrith will want to take some joy in really rubbing the salt in the wounds yeah. for their last game. That'll be me. So with that, I'll be going with Penrith. And that's also with the thought that I still think last round they might rest and want to make this the big home finale shebang. Yeah. Um, but that depends on whether they care about the minor. And someone thought the other week they would care about the minor. I'm like, to be honest, who gives a fuck about the minor premiership? You want premierships? Oh, look, if it's within reach and they can get it, I'm sure they'd prefer to yeah, get it. Yeah, but... I know. But if if it's coming down to a few bodies and that, they want to win three in a row. No, you're, you're going to preservation mode and you look after yeah. what you need to look after. So no surprise. We're both on Penrith and with bluebet.com.au at Bluebet Stadium. They're a $1.10 favourite. The Eels are $7 minus 19 half. Huge. You wouldn't have had that the last few years, that's for sure. No. Regardless of where they're at. But different story this year. Warriors up against the Dragons. Again, another home game. Um, would be looking to finish with a bang before they potentially come on the road. Or again, if they're locked into one of those spots, they might not send bodies next week to Brisbane. Or they might travel over knowing they're going to be playing Brisbane. Yeah, and just set right. up camp there and rest a few bodies. So their destiny's in their own hands. That's what happens when you win. Yeah. Um, and set yourself up. But for them... In terms of changes, Tamari Martin is in the extended squad. So if he doesn't play there, likely get a run in Cup. That's his first game since round six. Yeah, right. I didn't remember it being so long ago, but man, that's ages ago. Mitch Barnett still missing as well, that leg laceration. So they're sticking with the same 17 for now. For the Dragons, Zach Lomax was a late out last week, but he's the only change to the side that played the Storm. Connor Mulhausen's been named on the interchange, but may come into the run-on side and bump Little back to the bench like he did last week. They've been awfully competitive, but again, uh, potentially the last home game, unless they get a home final week too, I think the Warriors will want to go out with a bang. Yeah, Warriors. So again, on the Warriors, and with bluebet.com.au, huge favourites again. $1.11, the Dragons, six fifty, sixteen and a half is the line. I must say, they've ruined a lot of lines this year. They're certainly playing hard at least. Um, whether that runs out knowing that the finish line is there, I don't know. Yeah. But I've thought that a few times and they've been very, very close to the mark. So don't know if I'd be messing with that side of things. Dolphins, uh, where's this one? Suncorp against the Cowboys. So a derby game, huge game 
for the Cowboys, a must win. And for the Dolphins, a couple of changes as well. Surely looking to spoil the Cowboys season. The Hammer is back in the number one jersey. Cody Nicarima goes to 5'8". Katoa out to the reserves. Lemuelu and Kenny Bromwich are both back in the pack. Sese and Aiken shift to the bench. And for the Cowboys, Helam Maluki will start. Nenai's shoulder, he's out after only being back for a week. New man on the bench is Kulakefu Finifuiaki and into the back line. They've got Labert into the centers. Tolangi pushes back to the wing and Valame is out with a knee injury. Um, they've played spoiler all year, but again, I know they've burned me the last few weeks. I'm going to stick with the Cowboys because they're still alive. Yeah, me too. And it's simple. Win, yeah. see what happens next week. It might be a bridge too far, but um, yeah. I think the Dolphins, if they could, would love to spoil the party. Oh, yeah. But have to go with the team that's got more to play for. And with bluebet.com.au, that is the Cowboys, and they're a dollar thirty-five favourite. Three twenty the Dolphins, minus nine and a half the line there. I'm not sure again if I'd be confident to take that on the Cowboys side of things. Saturday, Storm, potential last home game for them as well. Um bar a week two final. Up against the Gold Coast Titans, Papnausen in the reserves, Jersey nineteen. It'll be a question during the week how he pulls up how he is and how they want to construct that bench. But Josh King is out. Uh, he's been ever consistent since he got there. Nelson named to start at lock. Alec McDonald caught up onto the bench to join Maroa and Eisenhuth and Garlic for the Gold Coast Titans. Jaden Campbell, dislocated knee. Patella, he's out. Philip Sami out. They're going to miss the final two games of the season. They've rolled Kieran Foran back in. I have no idea why. If he's busted, sternum foot, just let him... <laughs> Have a rest. Yeah. Poor old Kieran. He's like, strap me up. Hit me with eight needles. I'm good. So he's back in. Jojo Fafita returns for an ankle injury on that wing spot for Sami. And the forward pack is intact. Jamie Joloff named to start. Liu back to the bench. Uh, again, top four spot lock-in. Potential last time game for Melbourne. Uh, I'd be expecting them to looking for a big kill at home. Agree. So... And it's gonna put the dick in. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Paul Rudd, that's a great movie. Yeah. I'm gonna put the dick in. When's the last time we went that day? We went down a couple of years ago, and you guys gave us a good run for the start. And Bellamy was filthy. Remember when he hooked Nelson? Yeah. Nelson pointed to him from the bench, and I was like, "That's the scariest thing I've ever seen." I think we led maybe twelve nil or something. Yeah, that was about as good as it got for us. But what about that? That was crazy. And I was like, "He's not scared at all." Bellamy almost come through the glass. I only had one good memory as a Titans fan. That was twenty ten home final, getting a win over the Warriors. That was it. It's the only good day I had. <laughs> uh, the rest of it was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Well, the Blue Bet bookies agree on the Storm. They're a dollar ten favorite. Titans is seven dollars minus nineteen half. I'm not look. sure. I'm not sure that it should be that wide a market. Nah, neither do I. Not the way Melbourne's Melbourne been this it's year. More Melbourne than the Gold Coast. Like yeah. Gold Coast is the same. Like That's Gold the old one we said last week for the Newcastle mm-hmm. odds. But I heard one of the bookies say it's a legacy, yeah, legacy line or a legacy price. They're going off what has been. Melbourne haven't yeah. really been consistent enough this year for me to go. Here's twenty points. Uh, in particular, the way we defend our right side and they got us a few times there last week with Fafita there he might miss six tackles but he'll probably run over the top of someone and score yeah that's always a scary thought uh, the Papenhausen thing would be interesting to see but again how the week pans out and how they use him maybe 15-20 minutes in the middle who knows uh, Roosters must win Allianz Stadium up against the Tigers and the reshuffle is Manu 
back to fullback Corey Allen into the centres and Sam Walker after that long layoff. Good game in cup, apparently. Back into the halves and Hutcho after the job he's done, which has been pretty good. All the way up 18th man. Yeah. Thought he may have ended up as the 14, but they're pushing their chips all in. Uh, Walker, Jared's back. It would have been his 300th against South. Mm-hmm. But last week he missed a game, so it's going to be 299. That would have made that even crazier. Not that he needs any reason to go crazy. Yeah. But I just thought that could have been uh, fairly interesting. That's all. Hmm. But nevertheless, Wong starting. I thought he was good again last week with the minutes he was given. Yeah. It's been good. Get him into the mix. Um, but yeah, those changes, no surprise there. And for the Tigers, Coruscant shifts back to nine after playing at halfback. Simpkin, he had HIA, so they've reshuffled for that reason. Will Smith's coming to halfback, and it looks like that was Luke Brooks's last game with that calf injury. There's one more round to go, but I'm guessing by the barbecue sent off, that was pretty much piss off. Maybe after that last press conference, they may have said, we don't care what your calf does, take your barbecue and fucking on your bike. Don't come to training. Yeah. Don't know. Uh, But, yeah, I think with Manu, we know what we get there. The Walker thing's interesting, just with the flow of things and being on a winning streak. That's a big change in your spine for your halves. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it'll have a negative effect. I don't know if they'll hit the ground running, but regardless of whether it's clunky or not, I'm all roosters. Me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very interested to see how he plays and that all pulls together with bluebet.com.au. They agree. Dollar fifteen favorite, five twenty-five. The Tigers minus fifteen and a half. Another big line. Raiders Brisbane, potentially the last home game of Jared Croker's career. Jack Whiten is amongst the reserves, possibly returning from the hamstring. Hopawato Ribs has been named, but James Schiller could be called in off the bench if he fails to be ready. Corey Horsberg has also been named despite the head knock. Seb Chris is also in the extended squad, so it could be potentially a bit of a late reshuffle on their side. Adam Reynolds, he has a calf problem. He misses the game. Jock Madden in. Corey Oates returns. It's his 200th game. Dean Mariner to the reserves and Jesse Arthur's concussion. He's also back in contention. He's been named 18th man. Corey Jensen's been added to the bench and Martin Tupperall has served that suspension. So he's back in the reserves. So I'm still going with the Broncos. They proved with Jock, um, you know, with Haas and that pack, Carrigan, etc., that he can do enough to manage and get his job, let Mam and everyone sort of play their part. And a lot of the magic comes from the 6-1. Yeah, um, I just think their forward pack and how they are as a whole still too good okay. and the outside backs the matchups as much as I love Timoko as a ball runner defensively still can get shown up um, and then Croker at this point in time the matchups between Herbie and Staggs I think complete mismatches Yeah. so with that I'm not really worried about the Reynolds thing and the odds which suggest similar you, you like the Broncos as well yeah I do that, yeah. yeah they're still a dollar thirty-five without Reynolds with bluebet.com.au the Raiders 320 minus nine and a half the line there. And the Sunday finish up, I'll be coming to watch you guys play at ACL before Dogs uh, and Manly, obviously, in first grade. You guys won't know completely, will you, but pretty much win. Need to win. We must win. We lose, we'll stop. We're, we're out. But there's uh, seven or eight teams alive, isn't there? Yeah. Um, so Penrith can win and get Penrith, in. If Penrith. Yeah, Penrith are in the same situation as us. They're, so it could come down to differential. Yeah, so at the moment, Norse are in. They're first, that's done, locked away. Second will be South, done, locked away. Warriors play West Magpies on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they win, they'll be in third. That's locked, locked done, away. locked away. That's that's a pretty 
pretty sure thing. Now, from there is where it gets interesting. If now Canberra play Norse on Sunday, if Canberra win, they're in. They'll finish fourth. Uh, if Canberra happen to lose and us and Penrith uh, win, us and Penrith will get in without differential. If Canberra win and us and Penrith win, it'll go down a differential between us and the Panthers. And at the moment, I think we've got a nine point. Buffer. Differential advantage. Bears could have done you a favour, but they blew that lead last week. They led by it would, 12, it would have been a big favour. Right? Yeah, it would have been a big favour. Now, the other one is if Penrith happened to lose, or even if if we lose and the Bulldogs win, then Bulldogs will go into a similar situation. With They're on Newtown. Um, yeah, Newtown are going to have to rely on a lot of a lot of things. Going for them, but they're still, still a potential chance. Open. The fact is that Newtown probably should win their matchup. Yeah. And they'll, I think they'll actually jump the Bulldogs um, just based on for and against. Mm. So if you go yeah, if you go and have a look at the ladder, like it's... It's crazy. It's mental. So there's... Um, Differential head two games on Two games on Saturday, Warriors and Panthers, which are going to give us a good indication on... Okay, what Warriors of... Warriors have won. Like, oh, sorry, they, won. Play the, they play the Dragons, the Warriors. That's actually not a lay-down Mazaire nah, game. Dragons have been good. The Dragons values. actually play a, lot, play a bit of footy. The Warriors were under man last week. They've got some injuries, depending oh. on what happens with grade. Um, when did the NRL play? When did the Warriors NRL play? Friday. Is it Friday? Is it? Early Friday. Where yeah. is it? New Zealand. It's in New Zealand. So they're going to travel with a smaller squad. Yeah. NRL hold on to 18. I wouldn't imagine that they're going to fly someone over late. Um, no. So that's... If they, if they hold tomorrow, that's a big one. Jazz got injured last week. Barnett's going to, not going to play. So they've got two of Peaky in, Tamari Martin in, Braden Williami in. Mm. So they might they might be looking to get into both. Uh, I doubt they're going to play tomorrow in first grade. Not with the way, the, the way they're going. Hmm. So that's like that's an interesting. Where's game. Volkman? Is Volkman playing? Volkman played last week. Okay. Yeah. Um, Kalani going was in the NRL squad. Kalani going was very good last. Is he week. in the cup squad? Yeah, he played against yeah. us last he week. He was in the twenty-two. Now Penrith, Penrith. If I'm coaching Penrith, I'm going all out. I'm going to try and win by fifty. Well, look at their team though. They've called up Hosking, Peachy, a couple of those guys again. Like Penrith in a position where with Cogger and all those guys out, I'm not saying they don't win, but it might hurt a little bit. Iongi, Jenkins, Lane, McLean. Yeah, it's not it's not their strongest team. Nah, Parramatta could Parramatta could easily win that game. So looking at the teams that they've been. But like you said, your priority is obviously first grade for Penrith. So no, they've named a very strong team: Parramatta, uh, New South Wales Cup, mm. Miller, Stephen, Dunstar, Momosia, Sinny, Blake, Hands, Rankin, Makatoa, Yates, Ogden, Murchie, Dan Keir, Kai Rodwell. Yeah, it's a pretty good. That's a that's a that's a, a good cup side. That's a very good cup side. And for Penrith, like you said, taking three or four guys out. Mm. So that'll be... They've just got to win to start with. Mm. And then from there, it'll go on for and against. Or it may not. Uh, and then, yeah, you've got the the Raiders knowing that if they win, they're in. If they lose, they're yeah. more than likely going to be out. Be so out. there is a world where the Raiders lose and, and get in. Uh, but it's, you know, that's relying on um, the Panthers... Well, three of the four of Panthers, Jets, Dogs, and us losing. Mm. So obviously one of us. Well, sorry, they're gonna they're gonna need 
um, Panthers and the Jets to lose. Mm. Well, have you lost? Oh. Well, look at this. You've lost someone this week. So Gordon is going to debut. Yeah, Gordon's going to... Chem Kong Tung. So he's, he's gone up. First grade, yeah. Looks like Maddo's back down to you. Schuster got dropped, so that's one that could come back to you. Yeah. Unless they hold him as 18th. Uh, yeah, Condon. like we certainly haven't been... Um, the head coach would have been informed today. Greg would have been informed today about who's coming back, but I haven't had that conversation with him. Yeah. Garrick's in that 22. I, I just, like I said, for me, I think there's no point. But yeah, yeah. Samuela, Condon, Madison, Schuster. You said Samuela was injured last week, so you might even be short a couple. Oh, no, but he, he lucky played injured. He had okay. a, like he had a cork. And but yeah, if you have Maddo, Condon, Samuela. Things, things are not going to pre- prevent him from playing. Mm. If you say got those three and they rested Garrick and kept Schuster as 18th, well. Yeah. And then we had Zach Fulton and Cooper Johns who were out, yeah. brought out due to injury. And they called Harper up. They back. called Vega a few weeks prior to that. So. Well, Harper was up last week. Yeah, I know. Vega I'm just saying, over week. the weeks, though, you've obviously lost more. We've been losing players every week. Yeah. Toff's been up for a while now. Kepi's gone back up. Um, yeah. But yeah, for first grade at the moment, they've got Tolu Kola playing fullback. Parker's back in. Uh, Harper's still in the centres as well. Arthur remains at six. The forward pack was the same, except Ben Trevojevic goes into the starting back row. Kelma to the bench. And Gordon Chemkong Tongo, like we said, the debut off the bench is nine. Um, Bullimore Wood's still there. Schuster and Maddo dropped back. And Garrick in the 22, likely. To probably miss for the Bulldogs. They've only made one change. They added Morin to the bench. Ockenball drops to 18th. Oluapu is back from a neck injury this week, but he's more than likely to play cup. They reckon. So if you look at what they've got in their reserves here, if they kept Ockenball, you'd probably have Hughes, Skelton, Perham, O'Neill all go back down. Along they've with named Oluapu. Skelton. So who are the ones that you said? Ockham. Gerald Skelton was named. Perham. Perham uh, wasn't. Joseph O'Neill. Joey O'Neill was named. Sam yeah. Hughes. Sam Hughes was named. Jaden Ockenbore. Ockenbore wasn't. Okay. So two of them weren't named of the five. Mm. But those lineups haven't changed. I'm still, I'm going to go with Manly. But again. Same. That's a tough one. Manly have sort of, the games I haven't expected them to play well, they've played well. The games they should have won, like the Roosters, one or the other ones you've looked at, and they've got everything to play for. They've I think the last crap. couple of weeks they've played with a bit of pressure. and. So now I'm looking going, well, Probably one or two ways, like they'll turn up and season done and the dogs might jump them. But yeah, I'm going to go with the known yeah. quantity. I think the, the, there's a there's a couple of things there, like with those injuries opens up opportunities. Like so for Tolu to play fullback, well, um, I, I Harps, know, Harps again, like I think Morgan's done a good job when he's been in first grade. I love, I love the thought of Ola at Sexton. They got it both halves last week, but mm. I like that thought on the right-hand side. I also like the thought of Cooler at the back if he gets space. In the centres, I still don't think he's seen anywhere near the opportunity. No. But if they can get him some good space this week for one of the limited games of him playing one, that's something I want to say. Because that man can move. He can move. 100%. The, the sad part about the New South Wales Cup competition is that there's no game on TV this weekend. Oh, that's ridiculous. New South Wales Rugby League TV are going to, tell, are going to stream the Bears Raiders. And why that? It's a point, why, pointless why, game to stream anyway. Well, no, it's not. The Bears because it could be. Yeah, I get that. But there's two other but games. Australia's playing for their season. I don't know why they well, can't. You guys you know, are both. streaming all these Ron Massey games. Yeah. Well, how they again, can't get a camera out to our game and get a camera out to the Penrith para game is ludicrous Mate, to me. Said it yeah, multiple times. If they were smart, you set someone up like me who's doing it on another one of those others. They, and don't, they don't care you, about New South Wales Cup. At least that's how it comes across. Particularly once NRLW starts. Yeah, it just get gets put on the back burner, which I think is poor. Yeah. 
well, with the amount of NRL players. I'm all for the I'm all for the women's game. It's not yeah. a shot of the women's game. It's not that. But there's a place where they need to be able to. Like we've said before, there's a 24/7 rugby league channel with replays on it all the time. Yeah. Like, how about you put some more footy on it? Yeah. Cover more of it. It's content. Correct. It's good content. Uh, but long and short of it, we're both on Manly after talking about the cup in the first grade. Who knows what kind of game this could be? It was very ugly. Was was that the game last year? The last game of the competition? Weren't they down and they come back and kicked the field goal and won it? Yeah. Potsy's last game in the pissing down rain. I remember talking to Vaughn, I missed that one. That was his final game in the NRL. Uh, the doggies are two dollars forty outsiders with bluebet.com.au, mainly a dollar fifty seven favourite, four and a half a line. That's just one I wouldn't bet on. If I was gonna have a bet, like I said it before, um, I like Ola on the right going. At a section and that sort of edge, or if not, if Cooler is a decent price, I'd like to see Cooler get some open air. But I'd probably be more likely doing that rather than the head-to-head. And the last one, I reckon the match of the round, Knights and Sharks, three weeks in a row at Mac Jones. The form they're in, the confidence again off the back of last week, and then the Sharks, three losses in a row to three wins in a row. Coming into this game, this would be a big gauge for both these teams and where they're heading um, in terms of the finals campaign. Sharks are still in the hunt for top four. If Melbourne do drop one last round and they win both their last two games, there's a world where they get fourth spot. Yeah, right. So for them, there's still a lot to play for. Newcastle, one more win they need, and I'm sure they'd like to similar deal, potentially win two and jag a home final. So there's a mm. lot for both these teams here. Hastings has been named again, but we know if that's not the case, Kloon did a good job last week and no other changes otherwise for this super informed team that's now won seven in a row. For the Sharks, similar deal. All 17 the same. Oregon Kafusi has been named among the reserves, so he could possibly be back into the mix um, and, and a tough road trip for them. I'm going to lean Newcastle, but I always get a bit iffy when you get into this point into a run. You're always getting closer to a loss, but also just from watching, I, I started getting to a point where I'm like... Yeah, no, I'm going to go Cronulla. I'd like this to be one of those years where... I start to doubt them, and then they're one of these teams that end up in a prelim or week. Like I'd, I'd love it to be that sort of story, just mm. a point of difference for once. Yeah, I'm um, going to go Cronulla, mate. There you go. That's the first one we've split on, and the odds with bluebat.com.au, Newcastle slight favourites at home, and this is a fair market to me when you look at a game. $1.67 yeah. with the momentum and the wins at home, and Sharks are two twenty. The line's 3.5. Hmm. That seems fair to me. Yeah. What's going on? Um... Yeah, so I guess that game, Raiders-Broncos could be good if the Raiders turn up. But there's a lot there that sort of worry me. Like, if the Warriors are serious, if Penrith are serious, if the Cows are serious about their season, Storm, Roosters, etc., I think there could be a couple of bloodbaths. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you, you're doing multis and lines this weekend, etc., stay clear. I think stick to try scores. If you like a couple of those games, pick a weak spot. Like the Dragons right, which is Joey Manu not playing there, but at fullback, if he's any more than $2, money. Straight onto that. Wong was on the right last week. I'd have a crack at Wong, even running. Um, you know, Brisbane, like I said, if you're not keen on that game, the two centers marking up. Storm at the Gold Coast, take your pick. If Tommy Weaver's there on the left-hand side again, I know they don't play left predominantly, but even their right side with Foz um, and Fafita, the way they've defended on the left, I could see Katara or Hughes again. Getting love in that sort of spot. Cowboys, Dolphins, young Bostock. What was he last week? Uh, Left-hand side, so they're right. It hasn't predominantly been their right. That's the Hiku edge, I think. So, mm, 
Mm. I don't know. Drinkwater seems to be the sort of guy that floats around. Warriors, Dragons, that right-hand side. Oh, Dallin could get three again this week. Good. That edge has been disgusting. So if it opens up like it has, Johnson, Murata, Berry, but Dallin, like, I backed him for a hat-trick last week, and I'm not even bragging about it because I looked at the price and was like seven bucks or something for a triple. Back in the day, you would have thought, you know, double digits, but the wingers just make it so elementary these days. A single, I think he was a dollar forty. He was two eighty for a double. It was like seven something for a hat trick. I was like, man, you think a hat trick's pretty hard to get, but then two hat tricks happened in the first half, basically. I was like, yeah, that's crazy. Okay, <laughs> but there you go. One game of difference. Uh, come down to that Sunday, and then we'll have a very, very clear picture heading to the last round. What results need to happen? That's exactly right. Similar deal. So thank you, bluebet.com.au. If you can have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it. With the true blue bookie, there is no one better. Visit the website or download the app today. Charity bet, I've got a few ideas in mind of what we just mentioned, but remember, what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call 1800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. I think it's probably important. Just for a quick look now, I just was interested uh, in the premiership price to see if Penrith got any shorter. The they The premiership, they're $2.15. 350 Brisbane, and then that gap is huge. Storm 8, Warriors 12, Sharks 18, Knights down to 23. South next at 29, Roosters 51, and you'd say the last two chances to even get in. Raiders at 67, Cowboys. Someone's had a nibble in the last hour since I said they were 34s, South. 34s back into 29. Someone's had a crack. Mm. Someone's had a little nibble nibble. Someone's quite interested. Top four, if you think the Sharks could get there, they're the only kind of value. 550. So if you think they can win their last two and jag that's Who's pop. that? Sharks are 550 to get that last top oh, four. Oh, top four? I thought you said top eight. Nah, top eight now. Uh, the value is the Roosters or the Cowboys. Cowboys are now $5 because they need to win both. What a South? South, $1.83. Yeah, well, they're moving out Roosters, to the So they're basically giving you their head to head price right there. What about to miss? Have they got a price to miss the eight? South to miss the eight is a dollar ninety one. No, what about like someone like Canberra or Newcastle? Canberra at six dollars. Like I'd take a crack at Canberra. Newcastle are fifteen to one. So that, that's what I'm saying. They're Sorry, Canberra there. fans, I'm taking a crack at that. No, six what I'm bucks. saying is where's the where's the value? Yeah, well, I look I look at yeah. that six dollars with the two games. Who do they play? Well, they Cronulla play Brisbane, Brisbane and Cronulla. How many points are they on? 30. 13, but I think there's going to be multiple other teams on 13. Their four against is disgusting. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, they need yeah. to win. We spoke about that. Like, if four against is, isn't an issue, why are you winning? Yeah. Now they've, but yeah. they're not winning. And they last well, two games. The yeah, yeah well, but they, they needed to win, win that one. one. They need to win one of their last two, definitely. Yeah, I think so, too. And so, both difficult games. So something staring them in the face right now. That's the one. Oh, yeah. Because let's say the Cowboys only lose or lose one game there on 12. The Roosters win this weekend, them or South, one of them's getting to 13. Yeah. And Newcastle have, I, I said this before, I need to check. They could lose this weekend, but I think their last game is the Dragons, from memory. Who's last game? Newcastle. Knights Dragons, yeah, but it's a way at Yeah, Shire. But the way they're playing, that's you would you do, don't want to be relying on those results. No, to it's just a nervous game for them. Though. So there could be two games there that push them out. So yeah. for them, there's only one way to guarantee yeah. it. They need to win a game. So, yeah, like based on my ladder predictor, if, if Canberra lose both, they're going to miss out. Yeah, if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm worried. I did a ladder predictor before and said it to you. I had that with Penrith resting. I had Cowboys and Roosters jumping in. 
And it had if Penrith rests and Cowboys win, I've got them in. Yeah. I've still got them in anyway. Yeah. Who are you got missing out? You might have to reset. You, what it does is it holds all your results from last time oh, if you don't true. reset it. So it's, yeah. Mine I'm had sure, Roosters, Cowboys sure. jumping in and it had Rabbitohs and Raiders going out. So what have I got to do? Is that this week? Yeah, that's this yeah. week. Right, yeah. So I tipped what I had. So I had Newcastle winning this week. I had Brisbane winning as well. They're probably the two big ones. And then the week after, I had Brisbane beating Melbourne. Uh, well, I'm just putting the round off picked. Yep. And then in the last round, I'm going... Brisbane, Brisbane over the storm. Manly yeah, over the Tigers has no Tigers. impact. I had Roosters beating South. Yeah, I can't see it. But anyway. Warriors, I think, will beat them. Yep, Warriors to beat so the Dolphins. you just go... Did you go to the Cowboys to win? Yeah, I'm just going to go to that one now. So say you go Sharks to win, and then I'll leave that game, which is Panthers-Cowboys. So I've got Cowboys in if they win, out if they lose. Yeah, it's that, that simple. Game. Yeah, wow. And that could save Canberra. It could save Canberra, and, and is, that, is that going to be the minor premiership for Penrith? It will be, yeah. Yeah. Because they're on the same point. That's very interesting. Mm. So it's a matter, like I said, do they want that or what matchup? And then do they what want? will that mean? Who they play? They play the Warriors. Yeah, I'd rather play the Sharks. I'd rather win and play the Sharks. They just beat the yeah, Sharks twenty eight nil. If yeah, so the Broncos play there's, the there's a bit to play up. So Melbourne could fall. Then out. again, like the Warriors have, um, the Warriors got some injuries at the moment. Like they're probably not where they were. Mm. Like in the end, Penrith will just go. What what's best for us? That's what I'm saying. I don't think they care about the bottom. They don't care about the bottom of the table. They don't care about the minor premiership either. A bit of hate between um, Penrith and Canberra as well. Mm. More than what there is between Penrith and the Cowboys. Certainly is. But then again, like Penrith might look and think, well, who do we who do we think is a better team out of Canberra and the Cowboys? Who Cow- could who, Cowboys could, who could beat us? Better team in my opinion. Mm. On their day. So, but, you know, are you better off just controlling your own destiny? I think for them, the Cowboys I'd out? be more worried about the matchup at three and four. And looking so at it if and going, that, well, if it, that goes that way, Roosters get in. If the Roosters win, it doesn't matter what happens with the Cowboys, does it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Cowboys yeah. and Roosters. Cowboys, that push, that's what I'm saying. The Raiders need to win to guarantee their spot. Yeah, wow. Basically. Yeah. They lose both, they're putting themselves under. Yeah, they're going to rely on everybody else. Under threat. Mm. And I still think there's going to be enough results to push them out. Well, based on the predictions, yeah. Yeah. So, but it's not a spot you want to be in. Where you're for and against cost you. It's not. Great. So, very, very interesting. Sorry for the camera fans out there, but yeah, that's. Oh, it's not personal. $6 looks quite juicy, in my opinion. It's not personal. But there you go. Thank you, bluebet.com.au. Thank you to Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith, Toby, and the team there. And thank you to Penrith Solar Center, Jake, and the crew. Mate, finally, any TV, books, movies, anything you've had this week? Anything new? Uh, hard Knocks. I watched the Johnny Manziel the, Untold. That's crazy. Did I talk about the Newcastle documentary? You did. Last, last time, time, I think. Have you seen Johnny Manziel? I uh, started watching it. The Swamp Kings one fell asleep. looks so good. The one about Florida Gators. Uh, no, Better Call Saul. Been watching that. Uh, I did watch something. Off the top of my head, I can't think. I watched the second Hard Knocks. Yeah, that was good. Hard Knocks is alright this year. 
But I really want to see Untold Swamp Kings. That's this week, I think. They released a new one today or yesterday, which was the Balco one. Which one? Balco, the steroid cheating. Okay. The lab, which was producing all the steroids. Oh, for the home run hitters. And yeah. Really, yeah okay. Jones and all them, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Podcast, no, I haven't. When I was in New Zealand on the plane, I was watching Better Call Saul, so I didn't. Or I was doing. I did video on the way back, clipped our game on the way back, and on the way there, I watched three episodes of Better Call Saul. Yeah, no, nothing. No. Uh, actually, I, the, I watched one of the Tyson Fury episodes of the Tyson Fury one on. That's weird. Netflix. Yeah, it is strange. Yeah, straight up weird. Worth a watch though. Yeah. Well, I'm like I said, I'm hanging out for the Untold Manziel thing. I thought was he bit... called one of his kids Tyson. Tyson. Tyson, get ready for school. Oh. That that Rogan podcast is one of the heaviest things I've ever heard. I love it. I was driving, I was about to go off a cliff and a voice and said, no, Tyson, don't do it. And I was like, wow. Don't do it. <laughs> he's out of control. Oh, when he wins and just hijacks it and starts singing, that's my favourite thing. He's like, mate, he's do you. Yeah. When you're getting around with that rig, just dancing, moving like you're a lightweight or just some sort of cruiserweight and just dropping blokes, you do whatever you want. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, there you go. Wrap things up. Best of luck for the weekend, mate. Yeah. Fingers crossed uh, a win and finals. So yeah. if, if so, the week after, uh, I don't know where the finals will be. No, no idea. What they're going to do there? Would they put them on before any of the sort of games or not? Where can they go neutral venues probably? No, who knows, man. Last year they went top five games at St. Mary's. That's what I was about to say. Time. You probably end up somewhere like that. Or Leichhardt or one of them by random. Yeah. I, random. I don't know, mate. But, yeah, all to play for. And if you're looking for junior rugby league, as I said before, if you're a Dogs and Eels fan in particular, we've got the qualifying final. For that Interesting, the Ron Massey Cup. St. Mary's went 16 wins in a row during the regular season, come out first round of the semis and get beat. Hmm. By Wentworthville, so Wentworthville go through the grand final. Samaria's will play Glebe this week in Ron Massey Cup. They're through and shield, aren't they? Saint Got Mary's. through and shield, yeah. Yeah, so looking to do the double. Beat our junior club brothers, so brothers will yeah, play Hills again. They beat Hills two That's weeks ago. Three in times in five or four weeks, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Then they, they play them last played round. Them the last round, week Got off. Got belted, then them, beat them. Week off, played them. Then play them again. It's like an Origin series. Mm. Yeah. Hills versus brothers, mate. Hills versus brothers. Can I finish? We don't need to do any video. We've played each other twice mm. in the last three weeks. Well, it'll just be interesting to see whether Hills can drop any players back from Massey into that team now and whether that'll actually help them. Oh, okay, yeah. Because of who's been sure. feeding. I, I think it'd be the opposite. They've had a lot of caught up in a cup for Bears. Mm. So I think there'd be a lot of guys that probably don't qualify. I don't know. But I haven't kept an eye on it that much this year, to be honest. No. So There you go. Everybody, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 